to the 2019 pre-season uh, edition of the Parrot Podcast, and I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? 40. Hola. And Ham. Yep. And Hamish as your host. We've been uh, putting in uh, the tough tough work for the last four weeks, getting the miles in the legs, and ready to go. Getting the burgers in the belly. Yeah, burgers in the belly, that's about it. We're doing that. <laughs> it's DCE. He was the one who called it Maccas the other day, wasn't he? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> Um, all right, well, there's a lot to touch on. Um, whilst it might seem like a quiet off-season, um, going back through all of the list, it seems like it, it, it hasn't uh, been so. Um, so just the itinerary running through it. Uh, of course, we've got to touch on the Hain charges, one of the biggest stories in NRL at the moment. Uh, the internal review and the new uh, coaching and um, extended staff appointments. The annual general meeting occurred, so giving you some ins and outs on that. The stadium deal. And then um, some things that we'd forgotten about, the salmon car crash, Williams and Davis uh, getting done for their second offences on the drug policy, uh, discussion about the team uh, makeup now that that's been formalised, at least the top 28 have, uh, discussion on the draw, uh, pre-season uh, matches against Panthers and Raiders, uh, the flag squad announcement, and then um, some selections in emerging squads. And also looking at some of the, the, the Eels pre-season. And then we'll get into our round one teams uh, that we'd like to see trotting out in round one next year. And that's with the proviso that we're still very early in the pre-season. So let's get into it. Hayne charges first up. Um, so as you all are no doubt aware, Hayne is now being charged with aggravated sexual assault. Um, in regards to what that means, if he is found guilty, he'll be serving a minimum of 10 years and a maximum of 10. 20 years. Um, now, he has not actually appeared before court yet. He's been granted bail with very strict bail conditions. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and they were of the opinion if he was a regular punter, he'd be locked up at the moment, um, waiting that first return date. Um, but with celebrity comes uh, certain privileges, so he's still out, but on very strict bail conditions. Uh, I think he has to report three times a week, surrender his passport. And he got he got he pretty he got pretty bond. strict bail conditions. Yeah, he got the had the post a bond. Like you said, he has to report to the police station, and he cannot um, enter Newcastle. Yep. Um, now the first return date is the tenth of December, and it's more than likely on that occasion he will enter a plea, whether that's guilty or not guilty. I've got no idea. And then the matter will proceed from there. Um, the wheels of justice turn very slow. If there is going to go to a hearing, it's probably not likely until mid to late next year. So um, it's not going to be resolved anytime soon. But at the moment, he is a free agent. And it appears extremely unlikely that he'd be signed either by the Eels or any other NRL club, given the um, the allegations. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably uh, fair to say, isn't it? No one wants to touch that pile of poop while it's um, up in the air. That's um, I mean, I don't really want to comment on the situation. It's just it's bizarre, isn't it? The the sort of stuff that's come out without Hank commenting about the situation, but you know, the allegations of biting um on the genitalia and whatnot. Like, yeah, well, it just needs to to play out in the court of law, and the less said about it until then, I think is probably a good idea. Um, so, um, we'll move on from there. Uh, now let's jump to the internal review, something we were touching on. I think in our pre, uh, our season review, we, we pretty much touched upon everything that was in the review. So, you know, I think we might be looking to the club for a bit fat, big fat check um, in relation to um, <laughs> to that free advice. Exactly. Um, so the scope of the um, review touched upon culture, governance and leadership, player program support, football operations and compliance, 
coaching, including NRL and pathways, structure and resourcing, recruitment and roster management, retention and development, well-being, uh, open brackets, welfare, close brackets, and education, high-performance medical conditioning and sports science, facilities and infrastructure, junior rep programs, and staff development. Um, so it involved over 160 interviews with a broad cross-section of our football club, including coaches, players, staff, senior management, and the board, as well as former coaches, players, and administrators. Now, the major recommendations, and I'm sure there's there's a lot of smaller ones, but they are top-of-the-line investment, uh, being an increased investment in the football department to ensure additional resources are placed into the coaching and development of our playing group, both NRL and junior rep levels. Uh, now, him, that's something that you were touching on throughout the season, so I'll, I'll throw over to you. Okay. Um, yeah, I just thought, you know, with... Uh... We had a few losses in the staff department, most notably Peter Gentle, who went to uh, South Sydney. Um, we lost a tackling coach, I believe O'Farrell went to Penrith. Bump, yeah, Bumper O'Farrell went to Penrith, yeah. that's correct, yeah. Um, so you just, you can't, nowadays, especially um, recently with that report about the Broncos having 81 full-time staff, um, you know, you can't go into a season with only 20 or so. So, um, yeah, it was good to see um, the club find all the third party find that as a, a problem. And uh, it seems like the club has fi- has gone out to fix it with a couple of uh, additions to the staffing. And I think especially on that, we had a discussion about the, the role of the league's <coughs> club um, and what they should um, be involved in regard to the football department. And I think we all touched on that. The, the league's club's there to fund the football club, so um, we might need to lock uh, Bernie Gurr and um, and uh, Mad Max in a room and, and, and hash some deal out about getting increased funding to the football department because um, why else would you have a club other than that? Um, then on to the next recommendation, cu- cultural foundations. So um, this important piece of work will be facilitated by Shane McMurray and involve all staff and players in the club, so looking at um, the underlying culture. And I think um, given that's one of the issues that they've raised, uh, that the club's highlighted a couple of players that they're looking to move on for, I guess, cultural reasons. So um, did anybody want to touch on that? I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to tell looking from the outside in because we've been very aggressively shopping around a whole stack of players. So I imagine that you know, the the cultural damage wasn't limited to one or two guys necessarily and the club's willing to part with the significant portion of that 2017 roster that you know did so well but then crashed and burned so awfully in 2018 um yeah i don't know like once again looking from the outside in it's kind of hard to pinpoint where it went wrong culturally but there's a couple of guys that are quite obvious candidates to build around obviously quinton gufferson nathan brown um, there's a whole raft of young kids that we've brought in through the preseason that we'll get on later, um, but there's good guys there that you can build up for the future. Uh, but I don't know; it, it, it's kind of hard to tell who exactly is at the root of the problem. But I, we do know that there's a lot of guys being shopped at the moment, or were shopped unsuccessfully at the very least. So that's a definitely one to keep an eye on as the preseason um, progresses towards round one. All right, and on to the next recommendation was regarding development systems. So confirming that Parramatta Eels is and uh, continues to be a development club. Um, given the junior league and, and the junior rep program, the club has ambitions to develop elite young players through our NRL squad. Um, so to ensure that we have the optimum pathway system, we've made the decision to have our Parramatta branded ISP 
um, which is currently Wentworthville, uh, become a second grade team in 2020. So Wenty will be out the door and will rebrand with a Parramatta only um, uh, club, uh, well, second grade uh, team as of 2020. Um, it was a bit late in the piece to sever that tie with Wenty um, in 2019. So you can get down there and get, yeah, what, what, what do you have down there, Ham? Oh, the chip rolls with gravy. Yeah, chip rolls and gravy yep. for the next season. Um, and then go from there. And our junior representative program, 20s, 18s, 16s, Tasha Gales and Academies will also be provided with a full-time coaching coordinator to ensure a consistency of football philosophy, philosophy across the entire club. And I think we saw that starting to get be implemented was at last week where they held a joint uh, yeah, the coaching club. day between yeah. all the squads. Yeah, that Except was huge. For Except for Wenty. Well, I mean, everyone but Wenty. Parramatta contractor players. <laughs> Wendy, yeah, that, that, was, that was cool anyway. <laughs> That's true, Matty. That's true. And of course, um, going to that, the, the Wentworthville, uh, the change in um, coaches. Uh, Nathan Kalis moving across to coach the Warriors ISP team, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, can you guys remind me of the appointment that we've made for our, our Rip Torn Taylor. Rip Taylor. Uh, Rip, Rip Taylor. One of the mainstays of the... Uh, New South Wales Cup and the Intra Super Premiership. He's been around for a long time and has been very successful. So I'm actually pretty excited for that appointment. I was he's, reading the other uh, day he's made like 28 out of 35 of the yeah. past reserve grade grand finals or something. So he's, he's done a lot of good work in the in the reserve grade throughout the various years. And even as recently as um, Wyong, he did a lot of um, work in a system where the Roosters didn't throw a lot of resources as far as I know. Because of the whole split between Wyong and the Roosters, there was, you know, kind of he said, they said deal, but uh, Wyong were doing a lot of the heavy lifting there, and Rip, Ta- Rip Taylor had him consistently in the finals and a top four team. So hopefully he can do that same sort of thing for us. Wasn't he at the club before? Like, yeah. he has he has a history of Wenty. That's right. Yeah, he was uh, the coach of the, Wentworth the, when they had the, the dub- longest the ever grand final, double overtime, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, grand final win. And um, is there any confirmation on whether he will be just Wenty affiliated or he might pass over to the Parramatta team in 2020? No, I think, I think he'll move over to uh, Parramatta ISP in 2020. I think he's actually contracted to Parramatta rather than uh, Wentworth Phil. I believe, I believe Hamish is correct there, yeah. Don't, Too easy. That, that's not 100%, but I'm pretty certain yeah, that's yeah. the case. All right, then jumping uh, still on that wavelength, uh, NRL, uh, so talking about that extra investment uh, being additional specialist coaching resources to be engaged, expanded high-performance unit and expanded leadership program facilitated by an external third party for coaches and players. Uh, Then on to the next appointment, which was the general manager of football. Uh, Mark O'Neill is now... Uh, been appointed as the general manager of football to assume management responsibilities of the football department. This appointment will enable our head coach Brad Arthur to focus on coaching and to provide an experienced resource to help develop and execute a best practice high performance football strategy. Um, so something we had in the past and now bringing it back, actually putting that investment into a, 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 a general manager of football, which any professional league club these days has. It's and something Mark that O'Neill, had in the past, but it'd be a more expanded role now because they're very explicitly divvying up the roles between coach and the general football or general manager of football. So it, as you know, once again, as an NFL fan, the difference between those two roles is quite stark and it's very important having those separations of powers. 
Yeah, well, it's the thing I think we've chatted before about 40 That's years. Right, yeah, yeah. Your, G, your GM of football's there to sort of facilitate the next three years, mm-hmm. whereas, of course, your head coach is more reliant on or, or thinking about short-term uh, how we're going to go this season. That's it. And I think one thing that definitely came out of this season was uh, we've put way too much on BA over the last, well, I guess, since 2014, since he arrived. Yeah. Um, but one man can't do it all, and they need those extra resources uh around them and I think uh, this year it really showed the effect of having all of that lumped on onto BA being the general manager of football negotiating contracts uh, essentially carrying on the the head coaching role as a sole coach as opposed to having a defensive and on, an offensive coach um, on board but it seems like they're um, they're making some leaps and bounds in regard to that and um, Mark O'Neill coming from the West Tigers um, his exit there there were some uh, strange circumstances I think. Um, some allegations of sexual misconduct or something, but nothing ever proved, and, and he sort of just walked away from it all. So, um, does anybody have any lay load, load down on Mark? He came very highly credentialed from uh, Frank Panisi, who I believe was one of the uh, the media reported as one of our primary targets initially. That was initially identified for that position, and he's obviously the um, holds a similar role at the Melbourne Storm. And Panisi was one of the character references for. Mark O'Neill, and apparently he gave a pretty glowing recommendation. So that's, you know, one of the best in the, the game gave a positive recommendation. That's not a bad start. It, it's very much the um, the going the unproven route. So he's got, like a, like a lot of guys in the team itself, he's got a lot to prove this year, but I'm, I'm keeping an open mind. So he's, man, he's got a blank slate to work with. Um, a lot of cap space heading into not next year but the year after a lot of good young kids coming through it's a very interesting situation for him to inherit and it's almost the perfect situation for him to show if he's the man you know like i said you've got the young kids with the, the talent you've got the cap space and presumably you know we're going to be a stable club moving forwards off the field so it's a pretty good way to make a name in the game yeah i think um if we're going to be a development club we definitely need to uh, I'm not sure how long these uh, juniors that are training with them at the moment are re- uh, signed for. I know Stefano's until 2021 or 2022, according to uh, the Mole a few months back. But other than that, um, all definitely need to be signed up because they're absolutely killing it down at training. Um, and that's that, That's how you get ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. It's, if you can't get TPAs, you need to get your first two or three years of value out of these kids when the, before they've made themselves stars in the NRL. And that if it like it comes back to being a development club, that's how you even the playing field. So you know the Dylan Browns, the Stefanos, the Oregon Kafusis, they're the kids that you got to be confident uh, in the right place, at the right time, and you got to you know get the value out of them to to make to augment your free agency pickups. So um, didn't Daniel Anderson um, have a similar position? That's that's what Hamish was alluding to earlier. Yeah. We had a similar position before, but now we've explicitly separated the powers and responsibilities of the head coach and the general football, the general manager of football, or whatever we officially call it, the head of football. Um, and it's a case of uh, separate but equal. I think I think the GM has te- is technically probably ahead of, on the totem pole as far as he can probably re- recommend the coach be replaced or whatnot, but they're very much equals when it comes to day-to-day operation. The coach has a vision that the GM helps execute, and like Hamish said, the coach will focus on the day-to-day, week-to-week, season-to-season stuff, whereas the GM will be 
obviously working in that regard to fill any holes in the team if injury happens or whatnot. But he is looking forward to two, three, four, five years to make sure that this club is successful, not just for 2018 or 2019, but also down the road. See, I'm completely com- comfortable with this decision because if we had an ex-coach in that position, like part of me will think um, that one day he'll they'll most likely want yes. to be coached. Like this guy, he's not. I don't see him as a coach, so I feel that's, that's like exactly right. Now, that's like, a very okay. important distinction because yeah. in the NRL we haven't really had that separation of a front office where the the general manager is a very important role and is a coveted role in the NFL or in the um, NBA or any other you know, American franchise, baseball, whatever. Um, we've we've had very much that situation where it's ex-coaches stepping into that role and it creates a tension where <clears throat> the coach is often looking over his shoulder because he's wondering, is the GM you know, eyeing that role or looking to step in if anything um, happens? And yeah. I agree. Having having a guy that is an ex-player, you know, which is not a bad thing, but he's not a coach. He's, he's stepped into that off-field role um, in various capacities throughout um, the Tigers and then he's done some other stuff with the was it the state government or the NRL I think you see he was a, a development officer of the NRL yeah. for several years um, so he's coming in as a as a front office guy and I think that is an important distinction to make so that's a good point Bertie and, and definitely in regard to the Daniel Anderson appointment I remember all yes. the news articles about him exactly. <laughs> um, taking over the role of coaching and, and especially being the ex-coach and shafted by the, the previous administration it was mm-hmm. always a question um, or at least something that could be brought up in the media. I, I don't know if you're going to touch on it next, and I don't want to jump the gun, but I think another important appointment that we made uh, to supplement uh, Mark O'Neill was Mick Potter, another ex-Tiger coming in. Um, I don't th- Have we officially announced what his position is? A just development coach, I feel. Yeah, I think, I think it's, he's a senior development coach, so I, I think he's the guy that will overlook the um, ISP, um, maybe FLEG, but the, the transition to first grade for these guys. So I actually rated, um, we, we talk about having guys come in as ex-coaches and causing that sort of tension. Um, I really liked what Mick Potter did at the Tigers with a very undermanned roster and the whole Robbie Farah, uh, Benji Marshall tensions that went on there. Um, I, I don't really care for him being the coach of the Eels in 2018 or anything, but I think that he'll help Brad Arthur in that regard and hopefully he can help bring this, you know, this group of kids that we're really hyping up at the moment. And this is, I'm talking us hyping up, not the club. Me and Ham are, are really big fans of this group of kids and um, get them NRL ready ASAP. And just on from that, I think um, Anderson's old role wasn't just uh, GM but also recruitment or head of recruitment so that there's a distinct position for a new head of recruitment um, to establish a playing roster management committee in order to develop a more sophisticated approach to player roster management in both NRL and development squads. Um, further analysis will be conducted by the GM of football into list management operations and Peter Sharp will remain a valuable member of our recruitment team. Um, so touching on that, obviously uh, the, the report's coming out that we're, we're short on cap space in this season uh, <laughs> where we thought we might be able to, to be uh, aggressive in the player market appears not to be the case. Um, some woeful back-ending of contracts which uh, obviously had a bad or negative impact across the NRL. Um, given the situations at Bulldogs and also uh, Manly, but in the um, the positives, we're pretty clear for for the 2020 season. So um, if we can offload a couple of players, then we're, we're, we're okay. I think that might have been honestly the most disappointing finding for the review for mine. The fact that our recruitment department wasn't set up properly and has been handicapping us for this you know last however many years, dating back that the review would have reached back for. Um, that That's really frustrating because... 
I mean, I kind of find it hard to articulate, but you know, we're we're in a situation, and it's well publicised that we're not a powerful TPA club. Uh, we're in a market that is very hotly contested amongst nine Sydney clubs, I think it is, and we've we've been behind the eight ball for you know nearly two decades now. So getting a piece of those TPAs is a very you know remote hope. So you need to be smart about your recruitment, and we've done some good things with Brad, but the fact that our recruitment, like the whole setup, has been identified as a problem just it rubs me the wrong way it's once again it comes back to when you're when you can't compete with the big boys for dollars you've got to be smart and evidently we didn't have the setup to be smart to keep ahead of the curve so hopefully that that will be fixed because obviously the review identified it um yeah I, I mean having said that i really like what we did for 2018 uh 2018 heading into 2019 um junior uh ferguson sean lane um, they're very good pickups. So we'll, we'll touch on that. Calm down, forty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all big Kev over here, very excited. But yeah, like, like I said, that that was such a like I don't know why. Like I said, I'm having problems to articulate it. But finding out that our recruitment is behind the eight ball uh, from a structural point of view is um was very disappointing for me. Well, I think the whole the whole review is a bit bit disappointing, given that you know Berniger and and Max Donnelly came into the to the, the football club and, and the league's club in 2016, the back end of 2016, right, and it's taken yeah. this long to identify issues. So one good season can pave over a, a lot of issues, and, and it's, it's rather unfortunate that it's taken 18 months to get to where we are. I, I think you were the one that first raised it when we were you know, chatting outside of the podcast, that that should have been the first move taken in retrospect. You know, you, you're inheriting a club that is an absolute shambles off the field and has, you know, hasn't been much better on the field performance-wise. And regardless of, you know, the the cap stuff, you should have executed that review coming into 2017. And like you said, the a great season papers over a lot of cracks. And that that's probably what was at play there. You know, we, we rocketed into the top four and, and looked red hot throughout the whole year. And we came crashing back to earth in 2018 and thus had the review. Yeah, and I think also the it was a bit short-sighted. Uh, I, I understand that, you know, you're running a, a football or a leagues club and you've got to be in the black. Um, but and, and all the systemic issues regarding that with paying out former players and all the, um, the, uh, the issues with all the legal proceedings and paying for all the lawyers and whatever else, but I, I just don't see that the solution was to, to slash and burn you know the 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 football club because yes. that's that's what your league's club's there for. Exactly. All right. So other things that have been touched on, all the main points: well-being and education. Uh, in an NRL first, we'll appoint a full-time resource dedicated to our large uh, Pacifica and Indigenous playing groups in the Parramatta district and broader rugby league community. Just to create a new role responsible for NRL player welfare, safety, and integrity. And given some of um, the player welfare issues we've had in the the recent past, <laughs> um, not too soon. Next uh, item on the agenda. Obviously, we've got the the new stadium coming next year but facilities and infrastructure working on plans to upgrade our existing facilities at old sales yard so how long ago was it was it was it back in 2014 that they upgraded the the sales yard for that, well, sounds, they moved um, that sounds close to the timeline it would have been around about 2014 i think it was a bit later well, i thought it was 20 2016 we moved there 2015 yeah i thought yeah, it was yeah, the second well year i thought the first year was just basic and the second year they um extended something or they improved the field or something like that. So, yeah. But but in any event, the new strategic plan, the club will uh, establish a project team focused on delivering our long-term vision for a centre of excellence for our playing, coaching and office staff um, within five years. So, 
looking at all of those. Those are the main takeaways. Um, again, frustration that it took uh, an awful season like 2018 to, to come and, and do this review, um, but better late than never. And admittedly, as you you know jokingly said, for some common sense you know uh, discoveries, you know the, we as you know neutrals looking from the outside in were able to identify a lot of the problem areas. So it's stuff that you wouldn't have needed that review to fix a lot of his stuff. Obviously, there was other more particular things that would have been um, identified forensically by those uh, specialists. But yeah, some of that stuff should have just been fixed. You know, it's, it's not rocket surgery. All right, well, let's jump on to the next item on the agenda, um, which was the annual general meeting which took place. Um, so unfortunately, we got close to getting the, um, the, the new... Uh, constitution in place, uh, but it did fall down. Um, but I understand that um, um, Fitzgerald was in yeah. favour, and the Fitzgerald uh, right. uh, were in favour of the um, the constitutional reforms. Um, so again, it needs it's a two thirds majority, um, and unless you're you've been a member of the League's Club for three years, you're ineligible to vote unless you've been three year member. Uh, that was the big issue with Spagnolo. Um, I think <laughs> registering people on the day <laughs> or whatever it is and backdating their memberships. Um, so that was um, why he got turfed out. But the Spagnolo crew, I understand, is still against um, the the amendments. I think be- because they were. Um, Weren't they charged by the um? Was it the office of gaming, liquor, and yeah. racing? Yeah, um, they they cop some punishments which would make them in, ineligible to to stand um, as on the uh, board of directors. Um, so I think it's slowly getting there. Um, those tickets that sort of don't want the um, the changes, I think, will s- start to run out of patience with Max, um, given all he has to do is just say, "Well, stuff it, I'll hang around for another six, twelve months." Um, and earn a nice And unfortunately, paycheck. it puts everything else back. Um, I was talking to a mate the other day about it, and if the changes were voted in the first time it was put up to a vote, um, we'd been in our third triennial, and all the board members would be voted in by the, the members. But as it stands, we've still got someone in there who, you know, he's only doing his job. I'm not having a go at Max or anything, because he was put in there, and he'll stay in there until these um, changes are made. But it sort of defeats the purpose of what these people want. These people want a, a member voted in board, but and they could have done that if they just voted it in the first time rather than wasting all this time, wasting all this the club a bunch of money, and we'd have it where they want it to be now. But whatever their motive is, I I, I don't know. But it's it's dis- it's disappointing that um, we're sort of stuck in limbo once again. Well, I'm happy for Max to stick around as long as he wants, as long as he um, passes some funding oh, on to the yeah. to the to the football department. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just sort of disappointing because um, you know you, you do want a, a board in there that's voted in by the the members and a board that has um, the right set of skills and everything. But yeah, if it's if we're not going to have the, the first board that's with the right set of skills, well then the Max is the next best thing, really. That's right, it's just been a colossal waste of time and we can't go back to the, the bad old days no. of having, you know, rogue tickets running and, and um, people that are woefully unqualified running a, um, you know, multi-million dollar organisation. So, um, if it takes forever, then it takes forever. Um, but I think um, we can trust Max in that position at the moment um, until they sort it all out. Yeah, I think um, 
you know, this is just speaking from a fan's perspective. I, I don't know what happens behind the scenes and all that. I'll just turn up and vote sort of thing. And then once I vote, I'll leave because I don't want to listen to all of them talking. And I'm sure they don't want to listen to me talking. So they, don't listen, yeah. they don't listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if the club, Max, could do something like um, bring in postal and proxy voting. And then that way, all of a sudden, you you open up your voting range and then all of a sudden, all the other parts become a lot easier to vote in because at the moment you have maybe 250 people turning up so 75 uh, 25% of that there's not many people to vote down whatever they want proxy proxy voting would need that 66% yeah. margin as well though because it's constitutional reform so but if you do separate it from the rest of the package maybe you could get it through I, I think that would be an, an easier sell initially and then, event, and then you can build yourself up to making these bigger changes. That the, obviously the um, uh, no voters don't want. I think the one issue with that, the proxy voting, is that the um, the, the rogue tickets or the, the the two major factions would definitely be against it at the moment because exactly, they, they've yeah. held the balance of the power for so long, and the That's reason they've held the balance of the power is because they can um, draw on those those factions under, that will under turn 20 up people to turn up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's worth a, a, a roll of the dice, but I think that'd probably be voted down um, because it's yeah. not in their interests. Uh, um, beyond, I think, um, legislative reform, you wouldn't be able to and try going up against Luke yeah, Leeds, no. New South Wales. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's jump on to the um, the agreement with Western Sydney Stadium. So they came to an impasse. Uh, the Eels said, "That's it. We're walking away." And of course, uh, the the um, the entity that they were uh, negotiating with, Venues Live, who is the stadium operator on behalf of uh, the New South Wales government, uh, came crawling back shortly after. Given that it's an upcoming election, um, that'd be a bit of egg on the face for the uh, Berejiklian government if they couldn't get a deal done with the um, major tenant nice. of the um, the leagues. Uh, sorry, of the um, new Parramatta Eels Stadium, and it is the Eels Stadium. Parramatta Stadium. <laughs> so, well, it is Parramatta Stadium. Yeah. Um, all right, so there's an agreement in principle to play the future home games of Parramatta Eels at the magnificent Western Sydney Stadium. This agreement in principle commences in 2019 and confirms Parramatta Eels will be a key anchor tenant at Western Sydney Stadium following detailed negotiations with the stadium operator Venues Live. Our board and management are satisfied that all issues have been addressed and the focus is now on ensuring that Western Sydney Stadium and the Parramatta Leagues Club precinct will deliver the best game day experience to our members, corporate partners and community stakeholders. So I understand that the impasse was over the cost of each game. Um, I think they were they were bending about figures about $210,000 per game when you look at other stadiums. Uh, I think Melbourne uh, Storm play out of the... the um, the rectangular stadium down there, uh, and they only pay about 110 to 120, so it was a bit of extortion. Um, yes, but I think that was the major sticking point, exactly, because that that's the most comparable market rate uh, stadium to Western Sydney Stadium, as far as most recently built, same sort of um, uh, seating uh, capacity, same sort of facilities, and that that was a sticking point between the the asking price uh, for the two clubs. Yeah. And of course, uh, Venues Live, uh, with the previous board and going back to <laughs> board management and having people that are, are qualified to appear on a board, had essentially bent us over last time in regards to the ANZ deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, having people in there to fight the battle and, and get it done um, is what's won out in the day, because don't forget, you'll be paying for those costs. 
um, the the uh, football department can't take them on, and any uh, increasing costs will be passed on uh, in membership fees and and um, or entry tickets, uh, gate tickets, and um, any of the food and beverages and that sort of thing. So um, good outcome. Uh, we're going to be playing there from is it round six or seven next year? Um, yeah, against the Tigers. The Easter uh, Monday game. Round six. Yeah. So and, and people were sort of wondering why the the West Tigers had a deal done. Uh, from what I understand, they just shifted their their uh, games that were to be played at ANZ to Western Sydney Stadium, and it's only for one year. They're not a key tenant, so I, uh, from what I understand, they were yeah, only we, we negotiating for, for a year. Years. It's a huge difference, negotiating wise, one year sort of honeymoon package versus 15 years uh, actual marriage. Jesus, that's that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one exactly. way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the deal's going to be done. We're going to be playing out of there. And so on our draw, it doesn't have TBC. It has Western Sydney Stadium from round six onwards. Um, so go and get your membership package now if you want. Um, and I understand now um, people might have had full-game memberships or whatever they were last year. Uh, the club will only do full-season um, these days, so either a non-ticketed membership, which is 150 bucks, or a ticketed in if you want general admissions, 150 bucks as well. Um, but that's for all home games, including the two at A and Z. So it's well worth your money if it's only 150 bucks for um for, for general admission for all yeah, the games. Yeah, for for all the talk about the the prices getting jacked up a bit, the the GA season tickets actually yeah, really value. So I recommend any fan about eleven dollars a is keen to game attend. or something. Exactly, it works out yeah really efficiently. So, any fan that is keen to attend, like you know, even uh, like two thirds of games, or whatever, you're still getting good value of money for your ticket there. Yeah, I, I end up getting. Oh, sorry, I, buddy. I end up becoming a member of the club hey. for the first time, or of the team for the first time last this year, which is probably why we suck this year. Get rid of yourself, um, Birdie. Well, I had, the, I had a tough choice. What was it? This time last year, it was either a coffee mug or four games. I should have took a coffee <laughs> mug, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm drive past the stadium every day for work. And every time I look at it, I'm like, geez, we're so lucky. You know, you look at Brookvale, you look at Leichhardt, you look at Campbelltown, and you look at all these other suburban grounds, and they're, they're just like, they're shitholes, to be honest, you know? like, And we've got this world-class stadium. Like, even, like, even sort of... I've watched all sport all year. I'm a Sydney FC fan. My brother's a Wanderers fan. Now there's a possibility for the Wanderers that they'll be playing Leeds from England at the new stadium. So, like, this stadium can open up for the whole um, the whole community of Parramatta. Like, you're going to see, like, international teams from all different coasts coming to Parramatta, which is going to help boost the, uh, the economy of the city. So, like, it's we're just I'm just so glad we've got a stadium. You know, and every time I look at it, I'm, like, thinking, you know, it could be, like, Manly. Have no fans. And... Have no stadium. And I, I will, crappy coach. I will commend the club in this regard. Is that my understanding is that they haven't made any significant upgrades to the stadium car park. I think it's going to be in the vicinity of like a hundred and something spots. Most of which on game day will be obviously handed out to staff and players and whatnot. So the club getting on the front foot and actually giving the league's club a genuine uh, is it three or four story car park? It holds like seven hundred fifty car spots. I think. Car park. There you go, seven story. It's like it's seven hundred something spots, if I'm not mistaken, going off my memory. That's a, a very big upgrade to game day. Uh, uh, what, what am I looking for here? The game day experience, sorry, for fans, because um, anyone that is a club a league club member knows that it's an absolute crapshoot getting a car park on game day. Even if you turned up for when there used to be free grades, you know, you turn up early and there'd still be barely any car parks. So having 
you know, a, a genuine multi-story, um, you know, car park will be huge. And don't forget, you have to be a league's club member to get into that. that that's park, right. On, on game day, you're not getting in unless you've got that shiny membership. Good wrap-up there. All right, well, let's jump on to some of the news items, which which were the Salmon car crash. Um, when it came out, <laughs> everybody expected the worst drink drive or something like that, uh, but nothing's come from it as yet. It just appears that, you know... Young kid on a wet day. Young kid, wet day. Probably um, he, was, he was driving early in the morning and um, somehow had an accident. Uh, in what was he in a jeep or something? Yeah, that's like why that. he had an accident. Range Rover or a jeep or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, those, those things are death machines. Exactly. Um, but he's all right. So no major injuries. Um, just a scrape, and the insurance will deal it out. Um, so good to hear that it wasn't anything other than just a an accident. Um, then on to the next one, which weren't, wasn't an accident, <laughs> which was Tony Williams and uh, Nathan Davis. Um, so I'll just go to the club stadia, uh, statement. Tony Williams, following a second contravention of the NRL testing policy for illicit and hazardous drugs, um, the Parramatta club has terminated Tony Williams' NRL playing contract effective immediately. Don't forget he was only on the one-year deal for the uh, 2018 season. So uh, in addition, the NRL has suspended Tony Williams for 12 weeks in accordance with the policy. So it looks unlikely that we'll see Tony Williams in the NRL again, um, fortunately or unfortunately for him. Um, the and don't forget extinct. that. Yeah, and that was on the back of that. Was it a drink drive uh, yeah, in the preseason uh, as well? Speeding, speeding, and drink driving, or something like that in the in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, just don't drink and drive, guys. Seriously, it's just a stupid just, thing to do. Just call an Uber. Yeah, in this day and age where Uber is literally one tap That's away, if you've got and the app. you know a million different. If you like services. me and have a dumb phone, you don't have apps. So, call a cab. If you call a cab, oh, get an iPhone first. Dumb people. Call you can cab. still call a cab. <laughs> get, yeah. get an iPhone first, then download. No, no advertising on. No, well, we're not. T- we're not. T Rex probably shouldn't have been walking home that night. So, no, none of that crap. By the way, I wasn't. I wasn't paid for that. By the way, I will add the caveat there that T Rex probably should have been walking home that night because he was still rehabbing from his first ACL. So that was um that was in the preseason. So yes, don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. Call a mate. Call an Uber. Call a cab. Do something. How and funny was it, the the um, the social media um, reaction that oh why isn't Davis sacked because in the beginning it didn't say he was sacked <laughs> because Davis? because the media department worded that statement Awkward, super yeah. um, super weirdly yes yeah <laughs> so I'll I'll read from the statement which is following second contravention for NRL testing policy for illicit and hazardous drugs. Um, the Eels have imposed a substantial fine on Nathan Davis, and then additionally, he's been suspended for 12 weeks by the NRL in accordance with their policy. Which was it was worth um, word the same as the T Rex one, but they on the T Rex one they said they would not be offering him a contract or he would not be um, something like that. I think they, they just they, said they they terminated his contract. That's right, so they, they, they terminated his contract. Terminate whereas Nathan's. they didn't add that sentence to the Nathan Davis statement initially, which led the people to believe that Davis would be returning in 2019. <laughs> And I understand he's been picked up by Blacktown. Probably, is that right? probably uh, that's probably they they love yeah. a, a Parramatta reject. Did he um win the most points yeah. for any last year or for the whole? Uh, I think he was second overall in ISP. So all right, well let's move on. Those two players will not be at the club uh, next year, given the um top thirty discussion. Uh, which we're, nice little segue, getting into now. <laughs> so this year the clubs have to announce their top 30, um, which we have done, um, given we're not at the current top 30. So the squad includes new signings of Blake Ferguson, Junior Paulo, Sean Lane, uh, Ham's new uh, favourite and potential cult hero. 
That's right. Anchor, Sibo. Bula Man. <laughs> and Andrew Davey. The and, then, and then jumping onto the re-signings, David Gower for one year, Penny Terrapo for two years, Kayser Pritchard for one year, and George Jennings for two years. And um, and technically Murata Niacorio, who though we don't know officially the duration of his extension, but he was off contract heading into this upcoming season. So he's still here. I was about to bring out the hashtag resign <laughs> Murata hashtag during the preseason but that's right <laughs> <laughs> alright so um, on those new recruits Ferguson uh, with a league leading uh, 5,039 metres gained and an average of 186 metres per match in 2018 with it's 18 tries um, so uh, that's a great pick up although he is coming back from that was it a fracture yeah. in his leg yeah but he's, um, he's been walking on it since since day dot so he's obviously doing okay I saw him skating the other day I didn't <laughs> like that there was a... Like, come on, man. Please. So All right, and Junior... Okay. And we're obviously well acquainted with Junior Paulo. Um, 55 matches for Canberra Raiders between 16 to he 18. Of, he of, was it... Is it Eastwood? Eastwood Rugby... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where he had the headgear, which was yeah. meant to get him. Uh, Oakland, 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 idiot. <laughs> Oakland. There you go. Oh, jeez. So as long as he's not paying the uh, the other inferior code, we should be all right. <laughs> and then uh, Sean Lane, of course, we know uh, he's had a bit of a, a bit of a journeyman at this point. Uh, I think he started off with the Bulldogs, then That's to New right. Zealand, the then Warriors, to Manly. Where he had a career um, year last year, or this season, or last season this year. He did. Um, I think he was their joint leading try scorer from yes, the second row and sometimes prop off the bench. And it should um, be noted, he, he, is he still rocking it? He, he came out in the preseason rocking the dirtiest second. I've ever seen. Like second that, dirtiest. That was the second. Ethan. Who's got the dirtiest stash? Well, he did. Yeah, <laughs> Parry, Parry was Ethan's awful. was a, like, was a legit <laughs> porn star stash. He has come to queen your pool. I can I can dig that. Like, Sean Lane stash, that, yeah, that, that was, was bad. awful. Like, that was he just needed the mullet to complete it. Like, at least Ethan has, like... Ethan had the 70s, 80s porn star look going down. I can respect that. I can, you know, I can fist bump that. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, Sean Lane had the the Michael oh, oh. Sierra. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. He definitely did. Yes. Uh, and then um, Sivo coming from Panthers second grade. Um, I understand that he scored a stack of tries, and of course Fiji and winger um, with our success of uh, our previous Fiji and winger. And if you didn't, uh, Dalian rookie, uh, Dalian winger of the year, and rookie, and oh, he's going to be Dalian player of the year, I reckon. <laughs> no, no, no. Dalian rookie of the year is going to, oh, to Dylan go. or Stefano. Sivo can, ha- uh, can have the ring- winger of the year. And then um, touching on our old winger, gosh, oh. he steamrolled the French last I mean, uh, weekend in the union, rugby. <laughs> that, that hurt. He's so good. He's so good. Playing, um, outside, and- playing outside centre for the, the Fijians there. He's just... Uh, I, I hope, in, on a general note, when the NRL committee looks back, they'll realise what a transcendental talent Sammy was like I'm talking all time NRL talent on the wing he was so good so so good size power and speed he had all and, three and even the, the rugby league smarts like just the, the way he read the game no other winger does it there's guys and, in the current in the current era like Rapana and um, <clears throat> Kotrick and, and Addo Carr who are all you know phenomenal talents physically and, and even as players Sammy was just on another level and but, you know, obviously there are other factors at play for Eels in 2018, but I, I criminally undersold how big a loss he would be. Looking back on it, he he was just that good. Like the like the whole uh, league rave on about Gi. You know, he's a freak. 
but he has injuries. This semi, like, he didn't have, he was durable. He, did, he didn't have major injuries. It just seems like he had probably one or two weeks he was off, and, but, like, he was very durable. Hardly had injuries, and, you know, the... And especially given his, given his play style, 150 to 200 metres a week, yeah, rucking it exactly. up like a prop. And I mean, the only knock on, on knock on him was that <clears throat> he couldn't finish the way most other modern wingers could as far as diving in the corner, but that usually didn't matter because he just knocked over yeah. whoever's in the way. Don't, don't I still remember, that. was it that try against um, the Broncos where they were trying to wave him wave him inside and he decided to take on whoever <laughs> it was on the outside? Uh, yeah. Barber. <laughs> and he yeah. practically dragged Barber to the line as well. Yes, exactly. He just he put him on the, um, the semi-trailer and, and took him for a ride. Um, <sighs> <laughs> All right, we'll get off those sad times now. It's, um, it's, looking it's, on the reflection, Ham Ham just posted a picture. It is a reverse V. It is an inverted V. Look at that mustache. Like it, it doesn't go. It doesn't go uh, horizontally. It, it's going down forty-five degrees. All right. Well, let's um, let's the the last pickup is Andrew Davy uh, from a career reserve grader from Townsville Blackhawks most recently. Um, in the Intra Super Cup, which is the Queensland comp. A uh, bit of a head-scratcher, this one, but given uh, Brad Arthur's success with sort of uh, reserve-grade uh, forwards, um, I'm, I'm willing to, to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm, I'm affording the benefit of the doubt, but there is a lot of doubt there. That's, um, that is, like you said, the biggest head-scratcher from our recruitment, uh, otherwise, an otherwise very strong recruitment class. Um, and I just can't help but feel... I mean, maybe he's going to be fantastic for us, and that, that's the hope, but... I just look at that group of nine kids we've got training with us um, in the preseason, and I really look at that you know top thirty spot, and then each spot's so valuable. And I, I do wonder if that could be better used for one of our you know young prodigies. All right, so let's jump on to the top twenty-eight at the moment, uh, which is Dan Alvaro, Nathan Brown, Andrew Davy, Kane Evans, Blake Ferguson, Bevan French, David Gower, Clint Gutherson, Josh Hoffman, George Jennings. Michael Jennings, Oregon Kafusi, Sean Lane, Greg Lalesiwao, Manu Ma'u, Tim Manor, Tep Maroa, Mitchell Moses, Maradonair Kore, Corey Norman, Junior Paulo, Kaiser Pritchard, Jamin Salmon, May Casivo, uh, Will Smith, Ray Stone, Brad Takarangi, and Penny Terrapo. And then on to the development players. So six dev- development players. We've currently named three. Dylan Brown, Reed Marnie, and Stefano Oituikimano. Um, so those deaf players can be uh, upgraded to top 30 contracts. Uh, depending on whether or not we're actually going to be able to select them. Um, so so what that means is um, uh, currently the, the NRL clubs are in negotiation with the NRL in relation to Dev 6 contracts and um, whether or not they actually officially have to be upgraded to, to top 30 or whether you can use them without um, special clearance um, is going to be an issue going into the 2019 season. But even if they don't, the clubs don't get up on that. I, I assume Reed Marnie obviously will be up to, upgraded to a top 30 contract, and then it'll be up to however they fill that last roster spot, whether it's with a dev player or, or recruitment, or I'm not quite sure. Yeah, seeing Reed outside the top 30 was easily the biggest disappointment for me when that was published. Um, given that he ended our season as you know by far and away our number one rake. And looking at who he retained and who he let go, you know, Cameron King was cast off and Kayser's coming back, but he is, you know, what he is, you know, a real tough competitor. He's got some upside, but he just can't string multiple games together with his um his fragile body and his play style. So seeing Reed outside the top 30 was a little bit alarming. I, I assume that he will be promoted, like you said, um, but that leaves us one spot in the top 30 before we, you know, we can presume we move any of those guys that we've allegedly shopped around on um, and you've got 
uh, Dylan Brown, Stefano, um, Ethan Parry, Hayes Dunster, um, uh, Celesti Fanginga, and even Filia Toikamano if he can get the um, insurance uh, to, to come back onto the field. There's a whole lot of kids knocking on the door that won't get in barring uh, significant injuries. So that, that is disappointing. Um, and that'll be the the big storyline to follow, I think, for mine across the preseason is if we can free up any of those important top 30 spots. Yep, so it'll take a little while to, to fully finalise that. And don't forget, the, the clubs are still shopping uh, players around, as we saw just this week, um, the big trades... Uh, being uh, Triple K Clemmer to the Knights, and then Five of course four point three million, I think they reported. So that's a long deal that'll be seeing through. To I mean, Clemmer's still really young, but that's a a long term deal, long term. Yeah, well, people are having a go at um, Junior Paulo's uh, rate, which yeah. I understand is about seven fifty k a season, and that's just what you have to pay for top line props these that's days. That's exactly right, and especially if they have if they err on the side of impact prop, that's the premium you got to pay. Um, but I think the, the recruitment so far this year, it, it's obviously addressed those needs. So uh, losing, um, as you were touching on before 40, losing um, Semi, uh, not being able to replace him with a meter eater, uh, getting those 150 uh, metres a game, plus um, plus that try scoring ability, that playmaking ability and that uh, game-changing ability that he had. Um, Blake Ferguson certainly put his uh, hand up uh, this year and kept himself pretty clean off, off field as well. So hopefully he can carry that on to next year. Um, and then that barnstorming prop, we, we certainly lacked in the middle of the field um, I, for, for a front-line prop, and, and that's what you're getting with Junior Paulo, who's on the cusp of a, uh, a probably an origin spot, um, provided he can still shift a bit more of that weight and um, get back to, to optimal um, playing condition. Um, I think he could really step up his game uh, this coming season. And then you've got those sort of those uh, players that are rounding out. Sean Lane, who sort of plays middle and, and edge, um, depending on where you need him, but a different body shape, uh, which is we've had a lot of small sort of... Um, I think we've got, a, uh, what do they call them, the small, um, agile sort of players around the middle of the field, but going for somebody that's a bit taller, a bit of a different body shape, and obviously has try-scoring potential on that second row when he runs a good line, and then sort of a backup winger, and then <laughs> Andrew Davey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, that'll conclude that playing squad for the moment. Then we'll jump on to the draw. Um, so, uh, draw... Ham, you, you were very disappointed in not having all games oh, at Western Sydney Stadium. Yeah, just... I, I can un, I understand it's hard to... would have been hard to fit in um, 11 games from round 6 onwards. And it probably would have been a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, whatever. I think um, there's one one game in particular I'm disappointed about. is um, round 4. We have at home against ANZ. Um, against the Sharks at ANZ, sorry. And um, but then in round thirteen we have them away. Surely, you know, I don't know how hard it is, but you know, it as as a fan it just seems like an easy swap. You know, just swap those two games around, and then that way we've got ten games at um, Parramatta Stadium. You know, because yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 it was disappointing at first, and I've I've gotten over it a little bit, a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- that one still irks me. The Sharks game where. It, it, it looks like they could have just swapped those around. We've only, we would have only had to play round three at ANZ against the Roosters, um, and then ten games could have been at uh, the new stadium. 
I think all in all, so I'll just do the breakdown. We play Panthers, Bulldogs, Sharks, Raiders, Tigers, Knights, Dragons, Broncos, and Manly twice. And we only play the Roosters, Storm, Cowboys, Bunnies, Warriors, Titans once. Um, so as we very well found out this year, um, you can't sort of look forward to the draw, chalk up wins and losses, who's going to be at the top of the table, who's going to be at the bottom of the table. Um, but I think that that sort of pans out well um, in regards to the teams that we're playing twice and only once. And then if you look at the day-by-day breakdown, we've got two Thursday night games, five Friday night games, eight Saturday games, eight Sunday games, and only one Monday game being the Easter Monday game against... Um, yep. Is it West that we're playing on the Easter? Yep. And then only two five-day uh, turnarounds being round three and round 11. Um, so... It, it looks like um, a fairly good draw to me um, in regards to matchups and also in regards to um, turnarounds and, and having a lot of games at Western Sydney Stadium. And we close out with, um, uh, what have we got, three home games in our last five games. So that, that's, that's definitely a positive. And um, obviously we've got to play some A and Z games to start the season, but hopefully that's not too much of a detriment. So um, I've got a couple of things. First thing, I'm happy we're finally playing the dogs at in Parramatta and not ANZ because I've hated Parramatta games uh, and Bulldogs at ANZ because it's not really a home game, you know. We Second are paying, thing, playing the dogs at ANZ, Bertie. Yeah, oh, but like our home game will be still at, will be at Western Sydney State, um, our new stadium. And like you next year, like our home when game we play them, truly home year after next. But oh, okay, you meant you. Yeah. you because I think the last time we played them at Parramatta was, oh, what, I think it was back in 20... It was, it was a, yeah, Tamara Tahu, we, we ended up smashing 54 to 6. Tahu did that celebration, the, the slam dunk celebration. So, you know, it's going to be good because it's going to be like, what, 80%, 85% will be Parramatta fans. So it's going to be a very, very... Um, a great atmosphere for the whole... Um, for the game. Now, the second thing I hate, once again, we don't play Storm in Parramatta. That's a quirk of the um, the way they structure the draw as far I think I've discussed this before on the podcast as far as the preferences that every club has for especially interstate clubs they have certain allowances to request uh, teams and I believe that we're one of the best drawing interstate teams uh, for Brisbane and for Melbourne it uh, is, yeah. however, going to be played at Suncorp on the Magic Weekend, oh, so that's, that's it's right, not going yeah. to be, te- so be, be played different. down at Melbourne. But, like, it's just, but we've, we've, last we've, we... we've actually acquitted ourselves really well at Amy Park, at the new Amy Park, at least. Um, yeah. I think in the last couple of years, haven't we? We, um, we, beat the, we beat the Storm there in the regular season post-Origin 3 last year, and then we nearly knocked them out in round one. And then, we, did we play them this year there? Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling we, we probably lost. got shellacked. <laughs> but like, it's a it, it's a robbery that fans they hate them we because lost, they cheated us out of the salary cap, you know. And then, then before that, and before that, there was when we sorry, beat them I'm where um, Kaiser Pritchard got it's important. And then Kaiser and and Kaiser, yeah, because yeah. Buddy Darcy Lussick did some dumb shit, and then um, we held we held on with Kaiser tearing his yeah. pec in the last tackle of the game. Yeah, so yeah. we, I, I think, I mean, it's a huge tangent there, but we've done pretty well at Amy Park. So there you go. But like I'm just saying, like as a robbery, like fans, yeah, we hate them because they cheat us the cap. That's and right, and we've been we've been robbed of a home game against yeah, them. Yeah, booing them for, essentially, like because like it's just like when Ricky came back to Parra, like, I love <laughs> that we'll boo it. Like that's it's you know, a like, huge, but it's it's a huge part of the culture of the game, isn't it? The fabric yeah. of the game is these storylines where there's a bitter rival or an ex coach that was a dickhead, and you want to you know give him a bit of shit. The like you said, the Rick, I mean, the Benji Marshall oh. return game at Parramatta, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, 
that was incredible. Obviously, I was listening to that on the uh, the AM radio while I was out fishing. (laughs) (laughs) You could hear the Benji, oh, the Benchy, sorry, Benchy. And obviously, winning thirty-seven nil or whatever it was that day was fantastic. But those storylines on a week-to-week basis are fantastic for the game, and we've certainly, as Parramatta fans, been robbed of a chance to build that uh, bitter rivalry with the Storm in a home game. You're right. Yeah, well, I have to say, just on a tangent again, my favourite <laughs> uh, one in the NFL season this year was uh, Hugh Jackson being in the, um, obviously taking a, a he, he was the Browns uh, ex-head coach oh, and, and he took them sad. to like two wins in, in three years mm-hmm. or whatever, it was just disastrous, yeah. and then took a uh, defensive he, coaching role on a um, divisional rival in the Bengals, and the Browns come to town and they were up like 30 to nil at one point, and um, uh, one of the, the rookies um, that he had uh, coached, came and gave him the, 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 <laughs> the game ball after he had scored a touchdown. So. <laughs> oh, uh, definitely need Hugh those Jackson, big FU moments. Hugh Jackson cannot be explained uh, ad- like adequately enough in a, in a short period. He is not only a, a train wreck of a coach, but he threw everyone under the bus. It was never his fault. It was always I was going to say, he just sounds like Ricky he, Stewart. He's like Ricky Stewart dialed <laughs> up yeah. by 11. <laughs> yeah, but he's like if Ricky Stewart was given uh, an awesome team developmentally like the the Browns have drafted at the top of every draft for like five years and they've had all this talent that's never made any like cohesive steps off the, on the field and then he immediately gets resold and replaced by a guy that's not even that good a coach in um, Greg Williams who's got a bit of a, a notoriety for being a, a a headhunter on defense like you know putting on bounties and whatnot and all of a sudden the Browns are you know right in the thick of um, competing in the AFC <laughs> But you're missing the best thing is that their offen- uh, offensive uh, coordinator at the moment, uh, last name is Kitchen. Um, so just yeah. with all the, all, all the things that go with that. Um, but but he does bear some similarities to Ricky. You know, uh, throws his uh, quarterbacks under the bus <laughs> and Ricky throws his halves under the bus. There are some similarities there. Um, put, that all right, on, put, that um, his, put that on his business card, the uh, Ricky Stewart of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Forty, did you want to touch on anything in relation to the draw? Uh, the draw, I don't think anything jumped off. Um, did, did we get a strength? Did anyone end up releasing a strength of schedule? Um, I'm, I'm on the the Fox Sports one, and they don't have one at the moment. So I, I know. Um, I mean, you you mentioned that it doesn't mean much when looking at the draw on a year to year basis because teams just there's so much volatility when it comes to the the um, NRL on a seasonal basis. But um, I was trying to think. I mean, Hamish covered that the um the big thing about the Sharks game could have been swapped around. Um. I, I don't think our draw is bad looking at it. You know, there's the usual suspects. We get the Broncos twice, which is to be expected because, as I mentioned, we're, we're big interstate uh, draws. Um, Tigers, Manly twice, Dogs twice. Um, it looks like we're a not, good we're run, not huh? playing the Cowboys up at Darwin this year, which Thank is God. not giving yeah. them a home Thank game. God, so, yeah. which we, we we managed to win in 2018 in a you know a rough game, but yeah, our run home is actually really good. Uh, looking from like rounds. Uh, I was looking at it we, we played ourselves in round 16 I was like what they, they didn't yeah, yeah. Like, they put the Parramatta Eels logo in round 16 <laughs> um, but our last um, nine games Tigers Seagulls Warriors Dragons Knights Titans Dogs Broncos Broncos away and Seagulls at, um, at Western Sydney that's a pretty good run home and it's five home games in that stretch as well, which yeah, is so always helpful. Assuming assuming you get to that stretch sitting at 500, you know, at a 50-50 win loss, you give yourself a real Hope shot. Hopefully better than 50-50 by that time um, of the season. So that, that's not too bad. 
<laughs> that that's that's obviously the goal. But the you know the bet the if you're looking for the finals, the bare minimum is to get to that home stretch sitting at 500 and to then, you know, win out more than half those games. So that's, it's not too bad. All right. We'll jump on to the one anomaly, which is, of course, we're playing the Panthers in a preseason trial match. And then and um, I think it's like two weeks later, we're playing them in the first round, which yeah. seems a bit strange. I, I, but thought we, I thought when they announced the um, round one game, we weren't going to book the Panthers. Round what was one. announced first? The Panthers trial or the round one? Uh, the draw. The draw was released. Yeah. I assume that we're because you know they're usually our, our traditional preseason um, main event, the Panthers. I assume that we're moving on from them this year, but yeah, that both teams are going to get a big scouting look yeah, at each other weird. right before round one. Plus, we have to go there. Well, you yeah. think they'll probably play some ducks and drakes in? You'd, in you'd have to that think that, match. given that you play a pretty vanilla game plan, um, maybe give a lot of rooks a chance to um, you know see some action. But yeah, you don't usually see that, so that'll be interesting whether it benefits us or not. It does suck that that game's at Penrith Stadium because it's going to be—you just know it's going to be 35 degrees, no absolutely shade. disgusting Run out of water again. Time of year. Um, well, I've no been shade. thinking, no shade anyway. and, and and this is a um a well they did run out of water, didn't they? Um, yes, they but, did. Uh, yeah. This is a, a Parramatta podcast fan um, call out. Um, if you remember, they released that stupid <laughs> fucking banner, "The West Is Ours." Now, now I'm thinking of getting that um. You know that retarded one yeah, where you yeah. do the, the, the <laughs> uppercase letter and then the lowercase letter? Yeah. I, I want a fan-made banner which says the West is ours or whatever the hell it said, but in the uppercase, lowercase, and then with the... Is it Dick Butt at the end? I can't remember. It's, it's something stupid at the end. <laughs> Sponge, oh, yeah, it's SpongeBob being... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just shows um, how desperate uh, Phil Gould is to have um, us as their round one so they can kickstart their oh, season with a sellout crowd. That's what you know, he's like, done. You know, just to, to, to jump on another tangent, how big of a wanker was Phil Gould? I mean, we, we, we spoke about the Jared Haynes situation, how we'd prefer not to comment on it. Did you see mm-hmm. what he said? Like, no, that was a fake, fake Twitter, Twitter yeah. or, fake or Twitter. not. Oh, was that, sorry, that was the fake Twitter, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the I fake mean, there's, Twitter. Yeah, there's My a bad. lot you can put shit on Gus Gould for. <laughs> That's the guy. But that, that was a fake one, so. <laughs> not for that, though. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, now you say it to me because they've got the um, uppercase L. The yeah. lowercase L was like a one or something in that one, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So for for instead of an L, and he's, got an he's uppercase got the, he's I. Got the, he's got the exact same bio, but then at the end he puts and fake or whatever it is. Uh, there you go. Sorry, um, sorry, Ronald. All right, well, touching on those preseason trial matches, so we'll be playing the uh, Canberra Raiders, and this will only be the first grade team playing them at St Mary's League Stadium, and that'll be on Friday the fifteenth of February. Uh, gates open four forty-five, kickoff yes. at five thirty, and apparently it's free entry, so um, you're well worth it to get down to St Mary's, take your kids along, go to Go Bananas just around the corner there. You've got the St Mary's Leagues Club there next door as well, so go in and um, and win some cash. Um, old mate Hamish had a good win um, yeah, last Friday. He's, cheering. He's shouting, he's shouting the, um, the podcast <laughs> Christmas party. <laughs> Love and life. That'll never happen in my lifetime again. But No, that, um, that's, a, that's a good story and a, and a little um, nest egg. That's good, man. Um, so that, 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 that seems to be a good um, pre-season trial match um, against the Raiders, and it's it's pretty close around the corner at yeah. St. Mary's League Stadium. Well, for me anyway, so bottom of the roundabout there. And um, it's it's actually a pretty good stadium out there. Um, my brother-in-law used to play for St Mary's, so um, it's well actually, worth going down. I played a grand final there. Actually, ended up winning it for the Quakers Hill. Oh, it's congrats, really... Bertie. Hey. Yeah, Wait, you what? played for the Quakers Hill Destroyers? It's, it's a really it's... good stadium, man. I played for the Quakers so, Hill yeah, Destroyers. Quakers Hill Destroyers, yep. Wow. Oh, my God, you're practically <laughs> brothers. Did we just become so. best friends? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, no, just... So much room for activities. I, I only played oh, there okay. for one season, and we got a grand final, so I'm a winner. 
but um, no, <laughs> what, what position, this, Bertie? Prop forward? Yeah, prop forward, man, for sure. I was a this... goal kicking prop forward and uh, oh my God. specials teams, you know, operator and all that, whatever you call it, you know. <laughs> captain as well, you know, vice captain, everything. That's the whole lot. No, uh, but it's, this... it's, it's it's a well looked after. Um, uh, uh, what do they call it? T- grass, you know, uh, surface. It's um, it's yeah, one it's state. Very, it's very good facility as well. It's one place I didn't mind getting tackled hard, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> that <don't> be. <laughs> and then um, jumping on to the next. That, um, oh, sorry. That was, yeah. that trial was originally scheduled for Campbelltown, wasn't it? If yeah, I'm it was for Campbelltown Stadium, so but they changed it. That's, that's nice rather than driving to Campbelltown areas. half an hour, it's only 10 minutes. So, yeah. Yeah, well, for you. But even even like heading down the same areas is better than Campbelltown. <laughs> I hate that place. Yeah, Haynes home. You don't want <laughs> Maybe to be that's what they changed. All right, then on Saturday, 2nd of March, the Eels will visit Panthers Stadium. So, again, we're playing them twice in like three weeks. Um, uh, sorry, two weeks out at Panther Stadium. Um, now, there isn't uh, detailed um, times and, and what times are, uh, but, but I understand it's going to be Fleg, uh, Wenty, and then first grade playing on the day. Um, so exact kickoff times um, to be confirmed. Um, but the uh, that you do have to pay for tickets this one. $12.50 for adults, it's 10 expensive. for concession, and seven fifty for children. Um, so keep... Keep your eye on keep your eye on the um the the times which will be released over the next couple of weeks, uh, but again when we come back for preseason after the Christmas break we'll give you an update on that and probably have times by then. All right, um, well I think we touched on all of those things so let's what what, what have we next got on the item? Uh, the flag squad which has been announced. Um, so of course Forty and Ham are probably more acquainted with uh, giving a rundown on that, but so I'll pass them. Uh, the flag squad over to them. All right, hang on. We got the announcement. We where's it gone? Uh, Hamish, make the. Oh my god! So there's a lot of. I can tell you from the get go, there's a lot of new names in the um. It's a big squad. The 2019 flag squad, which is to be expected because we had a high turnover, high turnover of um of graduates, and um, um, <clears throat> and otherwise young kids that are you know in other positions at the moment. Yeah, but it's a big squad. I think it's a fifty-two it's man squad or something like that. So that's that's yeah, yeah so fifty-two going, man yeah, squad yeah. to be trimmed following um, the trial. So, so I mean, notable notable returnees: Noel Akafalau, uh, Bailey Biondiotto is back from his um, <laughs> his uh, gap year up in Queensland. Um, uh, Michael Cheer, Jesse Cronin's there. Harry Duggan, Albert uh, Tuatu Faave is a graduate from Holson the SG Ball. He's one to keep an eye on. Uh, Valence uh, Harris. Fair. Yeah, Holson Hughes. Johnny Fanua's, Johnny Fanua's hobbling around with an injury at the moment, but he'll be back sometime uh, in the early mid part of the season. Valence Harris, who unfortunately um, tragically lost his mother. Will Key, yeah. Um, William Key. Um, yeah, Holson Hughes mentioned. And is Isaac yes. Meehan, is he the younger brother of he Willis? He is the younger, younger brother of Willis, yeah. So I'm very interested to see uh, see where he goes because, I mean, that family's got incredible genetics. Um, Willis could have been anything if he um, oh, had yeah, his head, yeah. head screwed on properly for a league career. And, and Bertie, fear not, your favourite player is back. <laughs> Villami Pedersini. Playing up too. He's got oh, yes, a... Um, yes, yes, yes. In the uh, greatest name ever. Ele- eligible for uh, SG Ball. SG Ball for the next two years. So... And one of the the better yeah, NRL or, or league oh, names yes. that have come through Exodus yeah. Samahu. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That, that's actually that's a good point with um 
with uh, Viliami, he's, he's first year um, SG ball and, this uh, year, Caleb and that goes along with um, Trey Mooney as well. So they're and Caleb Tohi. So there's a couple of good young forwards there that have been. Uh, I mean, Viliami's technically a, a centre, but he's got a career probably in the back row, uh, depending on how he, he maintains his lateral agility defensively. Um, but there's some young kids in there that are very talented. Um, John Paul is back. Um, James Porter's back, who's an interesting one because he came to us this season. Um, very raw, uh, almost Sean Lane-esque in his build. Not quite as tall, but he had a big engine and did some good things. Um, and that, and uh, I have to say... What big forward yeah, we had? Was it Hollis or something? His name was Hollis? Hollis, Hollis sure. is the, the guy that's going to draw comparisons to David Clemmer. He's yeah. um, you know nearly two metres tall. That real upright uh, prop... Um, big engine, plays tough. Um, he'll he'll be one to watch for sure. But one of the things I find real pleasing is, um, like, we've brought through a couple of players this year. Um, obviously, uh, Reed Marnie, um, Jamin Salmon and that sort of thing. But it's, uh, they've sort of done their development through the Mats and SG ball at other clubs. Um, whereas a lot of these players coming up in fleg this year have, have done those reps in Parramatta Eels, Mats, and then through to... Uh, uh, SG ball and now through to flag, yeah. so it's and, good to see those eels all the way through. That's that's right, but it's important not to try and get railroaded onto just finding guys in the Parramatta district and bringing them through. You need to once again this comes back to the whole idea of balance and and staying ahead of the curve. You find the value wherever you can get it, but you do want you know the, the big chunk of your squad to be those guys. Oh, I will say another name that's worth um, keeping an eye on is uh, PJ Vigalu is back, and that that's a bit of a. a personal favourite good kid had a real shit run of injuries um, and to see him come back means he's um, you know, obviously in the mix you know, big powerful sort of lock forward prop type so hopefully he can um, stay fit this year um, and I'm ex- anything else jump out to you on that team Dennis so Spaff does, uh, Jack Jordan Dennis Spaff has got a pretty good highlight reel lock um, second rower yeah, Jack Jordan r- winger <laughs> such wing yeah you know, you don't see that too often. Yes. So our very own Corey Oates. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but the one yeah, player exactly. I'm looking forward to see is um, a Fijian player we've signed. He was Naiduki. Yes, signed Solomon to uh, Canberra last Naiduki. year. And, um, He's a big unit. Not too yeah. much information on him online or anything. Just um, I like Fijian backs. They seem to be pretty good for us. So, um <laughs> And then there's another... So- actually, we've got, we got very biblical yes. this year. There's a Exodus and two Solomons. Um, we, have to, we have to find out whether Solomon Kafusi is any relation to Oregon. I remember mentioning that we did uh, early in the last season, it was this season, that uh, we do so- tend to sign some Fijian bus as forwards, you know? you got Kane Evans, Tui Kamika, whatever his name is. So he's a back. Hopefully this guy bucks the trend. He's, and no, he's an outside bag, he's a centre. Oh, is he? At least he's a forward. That's, yeah. No, 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 no. Or, or he can put on the weight, <laughs> eat the Macazan, and he can break the trend. How about that? Because we surely, we need, a, we need a break the trend about Fiji will do that. forwards, you know. They're turning... Yeah, yeah hopefully he does. Yeah, well, he's... Salisi... What's our itinerary say? Are we going to talk about this? I don't see any um, pre-season standouts. Um, yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to jump on if you're all ready to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That'll segue nice into who's um who stood out in the preseason, I suppose. Well, that's right. So um, just going into just before we get to standouts in the preseason, uh, the the talent squads or emerging Maroons and Blues. So Bailey, of course, has been selected in the junior um, Maroons, I think, as a development player. BBO. 
and um, then Moses uh, selected in the emerging blues. I think that just sort of shows the the lack of half depth in the um, <laughs> in New South Wales, which has been an, uh, an issue for about the last decade. Um, then Ferguson um, with a recall to the extended Blues squad um, for next season. So um, he we'll was he was pretty roughly there. overlooked for the Blues heading into Origin, but obviously they ended up getting a pretty good backline. So you know, I'd rather Ferguson didn't play Origin for Parramatta if I'm going to be selfish. Um, all right, well let's jump into the Eels pre-season training. So of course they had a trip away to Armadale. You've probably seen all the photos and whatever else. Um, the 3 a.m. session, um, which sort of brings me back to if anybody watched that. Um, uh, what was that bloke that um, um, the the winger for for the Broncos that that ran his own uh, show? Uh, not Darius. Show with Denning the, Camp. In a role play. Uh, Camp. Denning, Denning, Denning Camp. Camp. <laughs> uh, Kent Camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in any event, um, I remember Norman was on there a couple of times, and that seems to be a, a, a tactic with the the Broncos. They take them away on uh, army trips and do that sort of thing. So, well, um, maybe army we're just trying to sort of get into so that sort of flavour of putting them. <laughs> ah. He's already started the punts. Oh, not even. 2019. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that's it's Hamish. Been, that's been not me, man. Over. That's not the pun god. The, the pun god 4020. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, pre training going well. If you want to read up on all of it, I'm sure that you can, um, uh, I'll pass over to 40 for all the plugs for, um, well, my, my, my man, time. my man Ham over here has also been pretty heavily involved yeah, with the, down a couple of times the on the site reporting training. for the, um, the pre-season. So, he can um he can give you some pretty much some pretty good impressions reports on what's Cumberland going on. But having having a chat to sixty sixties has done a pretty good job of it. That's you know sort of he his knows calling card, isn't it? Doing the old training reports and the spotlights over on TCT. But I mean the, the biggest storyline in the preseason has been that the nine young kids brought in, and then also the um the I mean technically Oregon still counts as a rookie, but the um. The young uh, talent that was blooded in in 2018 Ooh, have, have they massively hit the ground Dylan Browns just, in this preseason. He's, it's funny, um, yeah, watching them try and push Gutherson because Gutho just sort of, it's in the fitness shows he just gets out in front and just cruises along like it's nothing. But you see, um, every once in a while, uh, Hayes Dunster will have a crack at getting first spot, or Ethan Parry, uh, Dylan Browns tried to do it a few times, Jamin Salmon. Um, they just can't get to him, but it's good to have that um, competitive spirit within the squad. To um, you know, they've got someone to chase, sort of thing. And there's, and it's it's the young guys that are trying to chase him, which is absolutely fantastic for the culture of the club. And I mean, you don't want to, as a Parramatta fan, you're always very reticent to hype up the next big halves prospect, given the the issues that we've had since Peter Sterling, you know, called called quits. But Dylan Brown's such an easy, easy player on the field. He's so talented. He just glides around the place. And uh, I think I, I think I haven't been this excited about a young talent oh, since yeah. we saw Tim Smith burst into the scene. But he's a very different player. So that that that's to be you know put out there right away. He's he's not Tim Smith. Different temperament, different play style. Um, a superior athlete to Smith for sure. But uh, he, I, I think the way he plays reminds me of Darren Lockyer. And obviously that that's an unfair comparison to make, but just the, the easy way he plays on the field, you know, he's playing at a different pace to everyone. So he's going to be one of those names you put down that little black book to to watch out for next year. Um, we talked about him just before, Salisi Fainga, um, big, uh, dynamic, um, edge forward. 
you know, he, he doesn't look like an edge forward. He's got the, the body build of a, of a prop almost, but he's um, got very good hands. Um, he's The knock on, on Solisi was his fitness, and he's come into yes. the preseason as one of the fittest forwards at the club. So he's, you know, done a fantastic job on a personal level to be ready for the preseason. Um, Ham throughout Hayes Dunster before. Um, him and, and Ethan Parry are doing very well as um, outside, back, outside back prospects. Um, and then you've got big Stefano Otoikamanu and his big brother Filio, who we, I mentioned before is waiting for insurance clearance. And that, that'll be the, oh, that's huge the big for him. hurdle for him to get to take um, a quick second the out there, 40. But, um, Filio Otoikamanu, oh, 18 months ago, I'm going to say. About that. year and a half ago. Yeah, it, was, um, it would have been that because it would have been, it was it was origin yeah, period origin too. Injured his neck during the eighteenth origin else. game at seventeen years old. Hasn't played a game since, and um, you know still waiting for clearance. Um, last year waited for clearance from doctors. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the deal is at the moment, but last I heard it was an it just insurance issue. Um, but for him to be turning up to training every single day. Um, yeah, that that's huge for and you putting know, in the way he's putting in as to well. turn twenty years old. Um, you know, it just shows his temperament. He's he's training and he doesn't even know if he's going to have a, a future in the game. So that's the sort of um, attitude that and commitment that the young guys have turned up with attitude. And I don't know if you if if I want to see the pictures, but Oregon Kafusi looks like he took. 2018 season Oregon Kafusi ate him and then spent the preseason and off season in the gym he's looking like an absolute unit I think Ham said he's got the second biggest set of oh, fires yeah, in the team after the legendary <laughs> Junior Paulo who's got like yeah young young Oregon he, he's there's a picture <laughs> of him where he's he's looking at the camera and he knows the camera's on him and he's just he's just like you know doing the macho thing with like not even like like putting his arms out of him he's just he looks like he'd have to get like a, a tape measure to get around on. his arm around his torso <laughs> to measure him he's looking yeah exactly <laughs> about to run wild <laughs> about to run wild on the NRL he is looking absolutely um set for a big year and he's um eligible for rookie of the year M wise so I don't know if, if it's too early to jump on that hype train but he's looking good um, and if we can get that sort of production out of him from the bench um, to to play a you know complementary to Junior Polo as a as a starting impact prop, that would be huge, huge for this team. So that's I mean that that whole myriad of youngsters is you know such a compelling reason to be excited for this um this team next year, even as rough as 2018 was. But as as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's tempered by the fact that we've only got. A very small amount of um of top thirty spots left, and one of them will be taken by Reed Money. So unless we move on from um some of those guys that we've been you know allegedly shopping around, it's going to be tough to get all those kids into the team. Right now, right now it is. And I just wanted to touch back. You were talking about Tim Smith, and of course the um the not League of Legends, <laughs> the Legends of League uh, took place. I think it was two weekends <laughs> ago now. <laughs> and Timmy, uh, gee, uh, he, he's still probably getting a gig. It's a shame that he played pretty good. Things ended the way they did for Tim Smith because he got on that field and he went straight into general oh. motors, barking orders everywhere. You could still see he had the talent at thirty something years old. If he was able to keep his head straight off the field and didn't have some of those outside influences that he did what a player he would have been 
Well, the, the term playmaker gets you know diluted a lot in the modern game with you know some of the guys who get trotted out in the halves and the manufactured and, and sort of uh, bland play that you see, oh. you know, block plays and all that sort of stuff. Tim Smith was a playmaker in the very purest sense of that word. And that didn't always mean he'd come up with a good play. You know, he had his mix of bad plays and whatnot. But, geez, he was a such an ex- exciting guy to watch on the field. And, and like you said, it's such a shame that things played out the way they did because seeing he, he was like what Chris Sandow should have been as a player. And just you know, as, as far orders, as making those sort of plays. Like what a in, incredible vision. He was a, you know, sort of doing stuff in the kicking game that only Andrew Johns was doing at the time. Um, you know, such a visionary in that regard for the game and just couldn't keep it together. And then, um, just jumping on from that, uh, rumours, lots of rumours floating around uh, about players being shopped or player swaps and whatever else. Uh, the big one, as we saw, don't read into everything you hear, was Jennings to Newcastle. It was a done deal. And then it seems to have soured and they've picked up the door, uh, Clemmer and whatever been else. The door's shutting yeah. With Clemmer and Kurt Mann, I think, is coming on board. But the, the newest one is the um, the Moses-Sean uh, Johnson trade. And, and gee, that, mm. that, that would come ahead winning. But as we say, any rumours? It's not a deal well, until it's announced. <laughs> there's some... I mean, just talk look at the general complexion of the NRL. There's some huge pieces that have have like gone either to other clubs or to other codes. Val Holmes is nicked off to the NFL, <laughs> much to the outrage of Paul Gowan. Piss off, gal. Um, so the Sharks... The Sharks have a huge hole in their roster. I don't know if that means there's a deal can be done between eels and and um, sharks whether they shift um, uh, Matty Moylan back to fullback or something or but yeah, like you mentioned there, I mean Sean, this has been really refreshing. I don't know who's seen it, but Sean Johnson has you know been quite candid in um, his uh, situation with the um, with the club over there, releasing um, not not inflammatory posts or anything, but releasing candid and polite responses on social media, explaining the fans what his situation with the uh, Warriors, yeah, and as of um, today, he's expected to be asking for a release. So I don't know. I, I believe it got it, denied. So it got denied. Yep. There you go. But um, but usually when there's an early release called for it, it usually ends up sort of uh, being honoured. Well, that's you know, the thing. A month you wouldn't or two down the track when everything gets finalised. They probably don't want to uh, get usually it comes down to dollars and cents. Um, suitable replacement, but also oh, the, the, uh, you don't want someone like that hanging around your club that doesn't feel like they're wanted. Oh, or you could do it he's, manly, you know, get rid of Green and, and believe you've got Mitch and Pierce coming and then miss out on both. To to give you an idea of the clarity of the picture in the NRL player market, the mole six hours ago was saying that the swap for Mitchell Moses is the most likely uh, thing on the cards, and then the mole four hours ago <laughs> yeah, saying the, the Sharks mole. affirming so. as the favourites for Sean Johnson. So, and then and then the raid and then and then two hours ago the Raiders won't land Sean Johnson. So that's that's the moles working in half a day. Um, well, they, uh, you get what you pay then, for. And um, the uh, the other big piece yeah, is the, the Roosters the bronc- are moving uh, on from Dylan Napa. Is that right? Is that official? Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's already all confirmed, though. Yeah, so uh, that means that the Roosters have another $2 million in salary cap space or something like that, so... Well, Marty to power to the Roosters is is the rumor that's been doing the rounds for like the last three or four Forever, months. So. Yeah, <laughs> and to, and here here's the the shock of all shocks. Tavita Pangai Jr. has turned his back on the Man. brotherhood of Tonga to pledge his allegiance to New South Wales in that sweet ninety thousand, that isn't sweet sixty thousand dollar paycheck, whatever it is these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, is he it ninety thousand? Oh, sorry, thirty thousand game. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously out there. Yeah. 
So there you go. All right, so I just wanted to run into it. We've covered just about everything that I can remember. Um, and if we haven't, we apologise. <laughs> it's been a, a long off-season, pre-season, uh, and the memory starts to fade. Um, but jumping into uh, just a little thing that I thought we'd trot out, your round one team selection. So I'll, I'll jump into mine first of all. Um, I know... Mate, I've prepared, prepared for this for about a um, month. So... so. <laughs> <laughs> Notepad, <laughs> Let me get the old notepad open. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'll jump into mine, which is um, at fullback. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> that was some preparation. <laughs> <laughs> it came with its own theme music. <laughs> All right, so mine is... Um, I'd like to see Gustin playing at fullback. Um, he's 18 months removed from that ACL injury now. Um, so I think he'll be uh, back to his best, and I'd like to see him at fullback, one of the fittest players in the um, the club and possibly the NRL. Uh, then on the wings, um, Jennings, uh, just for what he did last year in his uh, essentially rookie season in NRL, he did enough. He sort of petered away towards the end, but I think he's got some juice in the tank, and um, with some help from the outside backs or other outside backs, I could see him uh, progressing. Uh, then... In the centres, Jamin Salmon, I think we probably move away from him being a 5'8 to a centre, which I think is what Ham thought his long-term future might be. And then uh, Michael Jennings, hopefully he gets a bit of juice back in the tank because he didn't seem like he wanted to play NRL at the end of last year. Uh, Ferguson on the other wing, obviously, that's what we brought him here to do. And then in the halves, sticking with the uh, tested pair, Norman and Moses, uh, it'll take the rest of the preseason to see whether or not that... Um, pairing is tenable or whether we've got to bring in Salmon into the halves or uh, uh, we shift one of them off and then into the prop forwards Junior Paulo, Dan Alvaro uh, Alvaro putting back on a bit of weight um, but he had a breakout season last year before the injury uh, crawled at the end of the year and of course Reed Marnie at the 9 being the main hooker uh, in the second row Tep Maroa and Manu Ma'u uh, Ma'u back from injury and hopefully Maroa um, protecting his head um, a bit more this year and of course yeah, Nathan please. Brown at lock and then on the interchange bench, I'm going for a bench hooker because I don't think Reed would be up for 80 minutes every Boo. game um, in his Boo. second season. And I, I sort of liked when Bo had a bench hooker. You know, go back to that uh, Nathan Peets to Goyce. That seemed to work quite well. And then um, so Kayser, then Terrapo, uh, Sean Lane, and then Timmy Manor rounding it out. Um, of course, that'll all be subject to preseason. Uh, but my big changes would be, uh, depending on that back line, it'd be putting Bevan French possibly at fullback and then Gutho into the centres and then possibly shifting Norman or Moses, depending on what happens in the preseason for Salmon. Uh, don't really Ian, need do you to you next? name for my team. There's only a couple of changes I put in there. Um, so I've got one to four the same, or one to five the same, actually. Gutho, uh, George Jennings... Uh, Jamins, this is only for round one, isn't it? Round one. All right, all right. Yeah, Gutho, uh, George yeah, Jennings, Salmon, uh, Mike Jennings, uh, Blake Ferguson. I have. I. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have um, a top. Th- <laughs> I have a uh, top thirty. Balake. Signing. Oh, Balake. Uh, promotion in Dylan Brown, starting round one. That's who I've had in the six, and I have Corey Norman in the seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Ham, my true Ham name. Is Mark O'Neill confirmed? Playing the, playing the long game. Um, 
Yeah, eight to thirteen, the same. <laughs> well, it might be. I don't know if you have Alvaro or Paulo in the eight or ten. So, but they're my props. Oh, oh nah, I've got Alvaro in the eight. So. Uh, junior in eight. <laughs> um, but on the bench, three the same, one different. I don't have Kaiser Pritchard. I have Ray Stone. <laughs> wait, wait. Can, um, can we um, insert the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass? Yeah, I, I'm staying there. I just think <laughs> first. Okay. He's been working on his uh, dummy half passing, and I think if we can get 10, 15 minutes out of him, it'll be it'll be big. And um, and then once he's done his. Oh, well, no, the, no, no offense to Ray, yeah, but that, it couldn't be much was, worse uh, than that, that game. Then they brought him on. Poor, uh, poor bastard. He's done to prepare at that stage. He hadn't. He'd only done one preseason of, um, only bits and pieces of dummy half work. But he's been really, really putting in um, post work oh training. God. Some people call it extras. Some people don't. After work, after training, dummy half passing. I think um, and his defense as well. Once he moves away from that. Uh, dummy half position he'll move into the lock he can play on the edge um, I think he'll get that bench spot well that would sort of sort of work with that that old rotation we had where we had um, you'd have um, Pete starting and then instead of bringing on a forward uh, just bringing on De Goyce to like for like replacement um, yeah, Pete would then go to the lock position and bring on De Goyce so yeah, I, I, well, I can that, see that, that. yeah See, I, I agree with you guys in principle there, but I've gone for a different player in my team to do that role. So, um, we'll jump I'm, in there, forty. I'm going to jump in there now and then try and steal the thunder. My back line's pretty similar. I think it's relatively one to four. I think is not set in stone, but is pretty. Um, it picks itself. Um, Quentin Gufferson back from his ACL two years now. We've seen consistently that the first year back from an ACL is you know it's a slog. It's hard. And even someone that worked as hard as Gufferson, um, you know, was facing uphill battle last year. Last well, I think season, we look at. Still the same year. I think we drew comparisons to Roger Tuivasa-Sheck over at the Warriors. Ex- exactly. Not that they're Very the same similar. players or anything like that. No, but, just but in the, terms the, of the stress, the stress or handicap on their first season back, you can see it quite visibly. So I've got uh, Quinton Gufferson with the C and the number one. Um, yeah, our marquee back recruit and Ferguson on the one wing. Michael Jennings to hopefully have a bounce back year in his contract year. Um, Jamin Salmon making that transition that we've all talked about from um, 5.8 to centre. And I've gone for a, a, a mix-up uh, mix pick on the other flank. Um, I want size, I want athleticism, and it's going to involve having to Ooh. manipulate the top 30 somehow. But I've got Ethan Parry there as my um, flanker that will go opposite um, opposite uh, Blake Ferguson. Get, you know, two 195-centimetre, 105-kilo flankers that will start your sets the Florida Power um, and big finishes on the other side. They're both aerial threats. Um, in the halves, the club's got to make a decision. Um, it's Norman or it's Moses. I don't think it can be both. Um, 2018 was just a train wreck largely because of their dysfunction in the halves. Um, maybe they can work it out in the preseason. I don't know. I'm not confident. Um, they Not not you know, as a knock to either guy, but they both want to be the primary playmaker and you can't be that um, in the NRL. You've got to be the, the dom or the sub. To um to mix up sexual um, quirks with um with um halves, that means that there's an open spot in the halves, and I've got Dylan Brown debuting in round one. Um, long shot probably, but I love I love Dylan. He, um, we talked about him earlier. Plenty of talent, incredible athlete, easy player, um, easy style of player. So looking forward to him hopefully getting a run in round one. 
Forward pack, I've gone for Junior Polo, uh, Reed Marnie carrying the load predominantly at hooker um, with Danny Alvaro as the other starting bookend. Back row is pretty flexible on one spot. I've got Tepai starting on the right edge at the moment, but that could be Sean Lane from the bench, and they could swap places. I'm not too fussed how that works out. Um, I've got Manu on the left flank, and Nathan Brown being your 60-70 minute lock and deputizing Reed Marnie if needed at hooker because I think I'm going with the four forward bench, which means we can play around with our middle rotation if we need to. Uh, bench will be Penny Tarepo coming off a breakout season, um, Sean Lane or Tepai Maroa juggling that, that edge slash middle utility spot, um, Oregon Kafusi, who I hyped up earlier, and the last spot, um, I think it's going to be a big shootout. Um, Tim Manor had a, a you know probably an underrated 2018, and I don't think he deserves to miss out on form, but I will clarify that by putting the caveat that 2018 is a season where there's no spots guaranteed uh, 2019 sorry there's a season where there's no spots guaranteed there's a lot of young and hungry guys coming through um, and that that I mean that obviously applies to Sean Lane and Tepo Moreau and Manu Mao as much as anyone else too um, all those guys um, there's no spots guaranteed and I've got Tim there in round one but that could be someone else if um, you know if injury or form dictates <laughs> here we go alright here we go boys so I got Guffo uh, just, just FYI <laughs> I, I predicted five uh, debutants uh, this year so this, this is going to happen this is a lock I didn't tip the Melbourne Cup winner but this is going to happen so Guffo fullback Jennings in the wing with uh, Fergo in the wings uh, and then Michael Jennings and Salmon in the centres now this could change if Jenko does move on if he does move on, I wouldn't mind... He's not um, at the club. Dane Akafalao in the centres. If he's still <laughs> at the club. If he's not, then don't worry about that. Okay, we'll scrap that idea then. So, Harves and Moses and Norman. And obviously, um, you know, there's plenty of conjecture around whether or not both of them will start next year. Maybe one of them will leave the club. But um, if that was the case, then obviously Dylan Brown would join in, you know. Um, props. Oh, sorry, Ford Pack would be Junior, Reed, Alvaro, Manu, Sean Lane, the back row starting. Brown at lock. Now on the bench, I'll have Tapai, Manor, Evans for size. And my last spot, you can throw in Murata, Kafusi, Fangai, or Terrapo. But uh, I'm not sold on the last spot. That's why I've named them four for the last spot. But yeah, I'm, I think we should go with full size. Like, sorry, not full size. Big, athletic Maximum players size. that can also um, offload. You know, we have to bring back our second phase football. And that's probably why we signed, you know, Lane. And obviously, Ferga can help with the offloads, but it's just, you know, we'll just want out stuff. We need to have offloaders in the team, you know, and not ones that are going to struggle, but like natural ball playing forwards. And I just think, you know, Evans could be, he could push the first season away, you know, aside he had, he started off with an injury, but I think he, he's in for a big season um, for the second season. So, yeah, um, other than that, uh, I expect Reed to play full 90 yeah. minutes. Oh, full 80 minutes. How many minutes? Full 80 minutes each week. You know, surely there'll be times where you know the we'll, we'll be in touch a lot. You know, there'll be plenty of rest breaks. But um, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, it's just it's just so hard because there's so many players that have missed out. You know, you've got you know as as uh, Ham mentions Ray Stone. Like it's just all these players that we've got. Once again, like this year, we've got so many players, good players that will be playing for Winnie, and that surely should drive um, exports. Um, very highly like contested, you know. This is, I feel like this is as much a shot at me as anyone else that we've said that for the last few years. But yeah. 
given the young guy, given the young guys that are there, and given that you've got Rip Taylor in place now, who's a highly credentialed ISP guy, I'm really hoping that that is the case this year, Wenty. Uh, this year, Wenty Birdie, that um, Wenty slash Parramatta ISP can be that cornerstone of development because we really need that. This is this is such an important time for the club um, if we're going to be ready to. You know, we want to be competitive next year, but. For me personally, I think 2020 is the goal to be really having a shot at getting back into that top eight, top four conversation. Um, and when you have to be on point and they have to get these, you know, nine or ten kids <laughs> and have them ripping and tearing under Rip Taylor. There's no excuses for blowout scores in ISP. You know, we saw it this year when he was like a basket case with blowout scores like, I haven't even named Gower, Pritchard, you know, like Takarangi, like all these players. Like, there's no excuses for when he. To be performing so, um, the, the the difference between their best game and their worst game shouldn't be a massive gap. They should have a, a consistent. Yes, named that, that's a very very good point. Yeah, and and hopefully yeah. a bit more help oh. with the uh, the injury gods this year. Oh, also, that I mean that that's part of the game you can't always control. And we we used was it the most or second most players last year? The most. Um, yeah, and it, it was it got real rough for us at times and. That obviously wasn't the the critical issue. We, we discussed that in our review. It's not the critical issue of why we were so bad, but God, the the lack of consistency in the roster week to week makes a big difference. Yeah, well, it certainly does if you look to other sports and especially mm-hmm. my um, Green Bay mm-hmm. Packers at the moment. <laughs> what's what's a defender? <laughs> they can't stay healthy. It's expecting rookies to play like your um your 2010 <laughs> Super Bowl team. Um, yep. But Equinemius and Brown, he's doing all right, Bertie. Yeah. Best name in the draft. Yeah, that, that God, God, God to your name. That is, that is. I will. Want, I don't want. I don't like wishing people injured, injured or, you know, players' careers get cut short. But we have to really think about Tapai because he's got a young family. Every week he's in concussion protocol. Like he should seriously weigh up whether or not I should be doing this because it's only going to get worse if he keeps getting head knocks. And he just seems like every week he's getting a head knock or he's, you know, he's in the concussion bin whatever like I'm just I fear for him I'm worried that yeah he's going to cut That's, short and it's just something we have to we have to prepare for you know it's 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 a real concern because CTE is is terrifying and it's balanced off by the fact that looking at his form Tepai we've been waiting for Tepai to become that you know promised edge back role and I think I think last season he was really teetering on the brink of making that breakthrough and you're watching him play tough, and there was some of that aggression in his um, line running coming back to his game. But a bit like Kayser, the, the talent's there, but he just can't stay on the field consistently. So hopefully he can stay healthy on a concussion uh, basis and, and healthy in general. You don't want him to get hurt at yeah. all. I thought you were going to um, jump onto a tangent about your um, your old wide receiver going to the Saints and then doing his... Um, what did he do? Was his ACL in the Yeah, lineup? Achilles, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, that 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 was awful for Des Bryant. That sucked. <laughs> Held out all season to try and get the right deal, signs a deal for the the most red hot team in the entire game, ruptures his Achilles in training. Oh dear. Apparently it was on the last play of the um the the last warm up before his first game. So yeah, if it, I mean it, it, regardless of where it went in practice, if if it went in practice, it was going to go. That's um pretty much how Achilles work. All right, well, let's jump in with, on that note, um, any off-season stuff that we wanted to touch on. Um, Birdie, your Cowboys, power and home. My Cowboys, like Phoenixes, rise from the ashes. We're going to win the East, 
And Philly, don't forget, is going to be irrelevant. NFC least, mate. Put oh, that L in front of the East. Listen here, mate. It's, it, every every you know, every um every year is actually you know a free a gimme, and this year it's NFC East. But like, how? I mean, the Cowboys obviously in the box here to win the East. How horrific was that injury to Alex Smith? Oh, Spiral fracture. And how freaky oh. was it? I think it was like 30 years to that day. 33, 33 years yeah. to the day, the same end score, and on the same yardage line in the bloody same stadium. Same quarter, as, same time, practically. Like that, And the old like, QB was in the building, too. In the, in the building, too. That was... Oh. <clears throat> and and 40, you want to pump up uh, your Seagulls tyres? They, they yeah, just seem to, the, it gets to a point where, you know, they keep making those wins. The the Seattle Seahawks who were tipped to go four and twelve and and um five and, and eleven and all that sort of stuff and now six and five and in the box seat to control the um the major wildcard spot given that they'll play the Minnesota Vikings um in the coming weeks who are the other big um, competition there really really impressed with the team um, almost the antithesis of um, Parramatta in 2018 really um, we had a lot of hype coming into that season um, we're a fantastic team. As a playing as a team in 2017, but it all fell apart. Seahawks were given no shot, and they're playing as a team. I mean, it, it, we're not have we, we haven't got the stars that we had in the past, and they're just you know playing really complimentary football. Really happy about that. Um, and yeah, not much not much else to say. Michael Dixon's really... going to be the rookie of the year. Forget oh, Saquon Barkley. If you can fake punt and run it out of your end goal, you know, prevent a safety. The question the question is. Is he the offensive or defensive rookie of the year? Because that that running play may, means he's an offensive player, but you know he's doing a lot of work on defense of those those um monster boots. But um yeah, Michael Dixon being great for us. Um, but the NFL is fascinating this year. High powered offenses everywhere. Um, One the, of the greatest the Monday night just... games ever. That just recently <laughs> or last week the, between the Chiefs and the Rams. The 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 scorcher in um in LA after the all those bloody fires they had an even bigger bonfire in the stadium there bloody 50 points on both sides of the ball ridiculous the Patriots have slipped a little bit um, Jacksonville were one and done as far as um, being a good team so the Green Bay Packers if... have the same record as the Cleveland Browns Ouch. sorry sorry I, I wasn't going to say it I wasn't going to say it but, uh, that, but, that um, Cleveland Browns team that they got a lot of talent in there they got a lot of talent in there so with Remotely competent coaching, it's amazing, isn't it? Well, that's that's that's, that's the change. They've they've got remotely competent coaching now, they, and we don't. They haven't, they haven't got an, they haven't got an absolute anchor on the um on the team from the front office down. So there you go. Oh, I like our G, I like our GM. He he seems to be able to make some moves. I mean, Brian, and the, the Packers the Packers are the Packers are poised for a big draft because they've got New Orleans. It's not going to be worth. No, a, they'll a have two first pick. rounders, but unless we start it's tanking, most we're likely. Late. It's going to most likely going to be a first and a century two second rounders, the way New Orleans are going. They're going to be probably be playing in the um, superb hour. It's meant to be good for some um, sort of outside um, or edge rushes. Sort if of you thing. if you want pa- if you want pass rushes, this is a great draft. Yep. It's not a very deep draft apparently, but the the D line at the top is ridiculous. If you want QBs, forget about it. Go for the next year. I mean, well, having said that, they the, they um, say that they say that Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. Cliff, Cliff, Oregon. I, I don't know. I, I but, watched one of the Oregon Ducks games and. He didn't seem that flash. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it was just I will, I will, I will say that every year it's almost like next year's QB class is going to be better, with the exception being, um, uh, was it the Mahomes Trubisky class or was yeah, it the, like last year's one? That's like is that no, one? No, so yeah, you had Mahomes Trubisky and um, was what, what uh, you had Lamar Jackson and um, 
No, 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 no that, that was the year before. Year, year this year, you've yeah, got sorry. five that have all started. Yeah. No, this this was the hype class because it had Sam Donald. Sorry, that's right. Sam Donald was the hype. And if anybody class. watched the um the Bills, uh, was it Bills Jags game on the weekend? Bills yep. Where Jags, the Jags yeah. were down there, and then they started a fight, and then they got held to a field yeah. goal, and then they missed a field goal, and then the Bills went on to win. And of course, uh, Jalen Ramsey, the the Jags, uh, um defensive back um, had called out Josh Allen and said that he's trash <laughs> that he won <laughs> um, alright well, oh, yeah, well, I love um, him did you have football. any um, off season uh, pursuits your, no, did, you, did you adopt an NFL team oh that's it. Oh, that's for the play can you do bands you got to get, get a wait and see oh, mate I think like... you'll like this one. Oh yeah sorry this is the event I think you'll like it's this one. There, there, there is an order to these things, Birdie. Yeah, yeah. You've got to put some respect on the order. All right, well, getting on to plugs, Birdie. All right, well, obviously the greatest uh, Twitter page out there, Bevan Heaven 1. Ooh. Yeah, if Bevan left, I was, gonna, I was thinking of uh, new ideas for Evan's every Heaven so, 1. Yeah, follow me on that. There Talk you go, of, there um, it is. No, it'd, have to be, it'd have to be something with Murata. I've moved on, Murata. You know, it's you know what it is now. I haven't, I haven't picked. You know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Davy, Black Hawk Davy, number oh. one. That's my Twitter handle. Dylan killing it, Brown. Get on the, get on the hype train. <laughs> Forty. Well, before I, I drop my um, TCT plugs, big um, we talked about the mole earlier. He just dropped a bit of a bombshell. Um, Gareth Widdop is homesick and wants to leave back to the UK. So all of a sudden, there's another player in the market for one of our erstwhile halves, apparently. So that, that'll be another thing to follow. Anyway, to my plugs. Uh, 4020, hailing from the Cumberland Fro, alongside the likes of 60s, Mitch and Chris. Um, you can catch us at thecumberlandfro.com. You can catch us on Twitter at EelsTCT. Um, 60s has been working his ass off, getting all those train reports out, trying to, you know, put it not, not get the hype too far out of control, but, you know, giving those young kids their dues as they kill it in the preseason. Um, and, yeah, and hopefully there'll be a lot of interesting stuff post-Christmas. Uh, post New Year, that is. So um, drop um, by and say hello. I just want to shout out to and the to you, state government who I believe announced the election in May next year. So, f- f- oh, well, March. I th- no, I think anyway, that's early next states year. Full that I think. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, whatever way you're yeah, voting, yeah, yeah. make states sure March you and then are enrolled May. to vote if you're over the age of 18. Even if you aren't over the age of 18, enroll to vote. Do it. Um, make sure you read up on who you want to vote for, who, whoever best. Uh, I mean, you'll you'll um, represent you. Good point. So make sure you're informed. I, I love informed voters. Um, yes, you'll be fine. And it is worth reminding that unlike America, you are legally state? obliged to vote in Australia, and so, fifty dollars for federal. I believe exactly right. So, it's in your best interest to get out there. There you go. You can actually get prosecuted at federal level. They had a case um, like two years ago. Oh, well, it's in the public interest or some bloody nutbag that said that, you know, I don't want to vote for whatever reason, <laughs> you know, like those, um, whatever, and, and they just there decided to so make an example out of it. Don't get, uh, don't get taken to court. Vote. Be informed to vote. Vote below the line. Yeah, exactly. Below the line, yep. don't forget it's not first past the post. You don't just have a two-choice like in the States. 
in, in Australia, you um, you know you've got your voting which can fall back. So one, two, three, and then preferences. So. I mean, and as as we, as we've seen in the federal level, that there's a not a majority government, and those you know minority parties are very important. So like Could Ham you? said, research Absolutely. up and find the um the party that best. Uh, represents you and your yep. interests, and also don't forget your Senate voting uh, as so well. So moving on from That's that, the, the powers. <laughs> moving on from that, a bit bit more light stuff. Um, Jeez, the 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 para podcast, the the the, the hardest hitting exactly right. we podcast going. We don't on. have a we don't and have a political side. Your, um, your but just knowledge. make sure you're informed. That's something, that's something what, to put on. That's oh, something I to put on the CV. Vote. Well, I do. So, but so, so, so just on that it's good for you and it's good for me <laughs> if you do want to screw over the there roosters you you'd, you'd want to vote and for and if, you, if you don't want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, so uh, the, the, the they're pushing too. they're pushing it back against the Park upgrades so that is yeah if, if you've got a political bone <laughs> in, no, I, I'm a Sydney FC fan and the Waratahs fan so I need them <laughs> well there you go Birdie I need that new um, stadium what's the greater evil Birdie exactly right yeah, come on, Birdie. Take one for the team. Uh, screw the Roosters, mate. They've got no juniors. Oh, well, I've got it. All right, sorry, Ham. Uh, we've been the, waiting with bated breath for the, your... The 10th uh, best uh, Twitter with the... the band of the preseason. Um, handle of Ham Sandwich is at Ham Sandwich 22. Um, follow that. I don't really tweet that much anymore. No, I, I stole the... Um, Wait, did you look at the analytics for people that had the, the Ham Sandwich thing? Oh, I can't remember. What's that... New Zealand band Flight of the Concords they're the third best um, the comedy folk duo in New Zealand so I'm the 10th best uh, ham sandwich on Twitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, after but, uh, after New Zealand Rugby League and New Zealand Cricket is from he used the singer used to be in a band called Millhouse and they had a great EP called Everything's Coming Up by Millhouse <laughs> um, but he's in a new band called Zounds, which is that's great. Three Zs oh. and then sounds, but without the S, you have the Zs instead of S. In- yeah, yeah, very good. Check him out. Also, check out Millhouse. They were a fantastic band. All right. Well, I've got some listening to do. Um, all right. Well, and you know where to catch us at Para Podcast on Twitter and then forward slash para podcast on Facebook and then on uh, iTunes and, and SoundCloud and whatever else. Um, <laughs> I've been pretty silent on there, just sort of getting away from, from the league over the off-season, um, just giving it yeah, a bit it's of a been break. That, it's been that sort of off-season, but I'm getting real juiced up with these rookies. Yeah, I'm I think, really I think um, you know, I've been thinking about it recently and, and as terrible as 2018 season is, um, I think putting those blocks in place, all that those, those resources and whatever else, You've got um, the foundations of a team that was in the top four two years ago, um, and and you've got, as we touched on this year, generational change in the NRL. Uh, a lot of those old players moving on. Um, with you saw that with Billy Slater giving up the game this year, and I think there was about a host of about 20 other players who gave it all up this year. And then you've still got you know other players like Cam Smith uh, yet to do a deal for 2019 going forward. So. It's going to be another year of generational change in the NRL, and and we want to be on the top of that wave. Yep. Close to it. All right. Well, I think that'll sum us up. Um, been ages. Is that two hours? Close. Done pretty good. Close enough. 
It has been a while, so that's the the reason for the extra long pod. Um, we probably won't be back until next year. I think we've we've touched on everything major, unless there's some sort of major shake up in our halves department or some major signings. Um, but well, I'll, we will have regardless. We will have a lot to discuss through the preseason, given that generational change you were talking about in this roster so there'll be a lot of storylines and, and form to watch across our was it three trial matches we have this well, year? Two. Uh, just two. Oh I love the sound of that. Three trial matches. Hallelujah. That's two. That's two. Two. <laughs> two is better than one. Yeah, yeah what's what's happened? We don't longer play a trial match in um Alice Springs. That's that's a bit weird. I I don't think it I don't think it was achieving much. So the, I, can't I, I liked it. I, I like the um the, <laughs> the radio guys. The, the Aboriginal, yeah, Karma Radio. I've got to find a new excuse of why Josh, we, um, Josh, Josh why we're, why we're slow in the too first two It'll rounds. I can't blame the tr- lack of trial matches now. I've got to find a new excuse. <laughs> it's, yep. it's just going to be straight, straight up, straight up beyond the players and the coach. Yeah, that's how it's going to be. Well, or we could hit the ground running. That That's the alternative. Well, that's it. Blame. Like, you obviously can't start the season any worse than we did this year. Oh, and six. Um, so I think it'll come down to you know getting a good start, getting that confidence back in the um, the playing group, and then going from there. Um, but you know peak off season, full of optimism, and then we just have to wait coming into the to the new year. Um, and I don't have much to look forward to with the Packers. I think they've got a three percent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, so. Yeah, you were like you would have been like thirty percent or something or higher if you'd won that game. Yeah, it was twenty eight percent. Twenty eight percent. There you go. But we've got so. such an easy run home. What well. well just looking at the draw, <laughs> we've got an easy run home, uh, not taking into account how poorly we've been playing. Um, so it's just really frustrating that, you know, every big team that we've come up against, we've come right. up short. Fire, fire McCarthy and, and draft like demons with your, with your GM, with all those extra picks you got. You'll be all right. Yeah, well, I think that's it. Again, generational change in the NFL too. All those young mm-hmm. sort of head coaches bringing in all those Young sorts head of, coaches, um, young QBs. Yeah, and, and college sort of um, scheming and and that sort of stuff. Um, so it looks like um, exactly another sport with generational change. All right, well, that, that'll wrap us up. Um, thanks for tuning in again. And um, as we said, we'll be back in uh, the early next year um, to start getting into uh, the, the, the NRL. And also, uh, we'll get some rundown on when Matt's and SG Ball are going to be running. Yeah, um, about that. Because we'll definitely be for them. They usually start about February, is that right? Too easy. All right, well, we should be back about then. So if we don't hear from us before then, uh, have a nice uh, Christmas period or, or happy holidays, whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> um, that's how quick this year's gone. And then, um, and uh, happy new year. Keep safe. Don't that drive. Up. That, all that sort of stuff. And um, we'll catch you next time. See you, boys. Good chat. See you, guys. They're running out the pick and strong and kicking up the hill. If you want to be a football player, go.